Hello and welcome back to the Acutac Podcast. As always, I'm your host. The dwindling number of friends you have as one ages, Jay. And joining us always is my co-host, the intense feeling of isolation, <laughs> Z. How are we doing today, Z? Oh, pretty good. Did you like that one? That one was real sad. Yeah, no. It's a bit real. Yeah. Like a lot of yours. They're often sad and real. Yeah. Well, right. that's the whole point of the Acutac, is to be real, as we talk about Star yeah. Wars and Marvel only. We're the most real. Yeah. Most real pop culture podcast around. All right. What if, Jack? What if zombies? Wow, you really just jumped in. So we're going to start with what if this week. What if zombies? I said that. They got it. They know what's up. Who is they? We're the only people who listen. Well, then we know what's up for certain. Oh, I guess that's true. It's a terrible start to our show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what if Marvel Zombies for the second, uh, no, the fifth episode? It's on the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has got to get cut. The, the fifth episode of what if? Yeah. Yeah, is zombies. So what do we think of it? Base um, thoughts. Start off with. I, I very much enjoyed it. It's, it's it may be my favorite or second favorite or, or it's up there. I definitely liked it more than last week. Not even gonna lie. Which was what was last week's? Doctor Strange. Was that really just the last one? I was, thought it was, but I was. I, yeah, I last one was, was Doctor Strange. Loses yeah. heart. So definitely, I definitely liked it more than that one. I know a lot of people like that one. I don't know. It didn't didn't do as much for me. I like that one. Yeah, this is either my favorite or second favorite behind the the other Avengers one. The thing I liked most about this is that it takes place in you're like during phase three of the MCU, and so it is just full of characters, right? Yeah, like everyone you'd want is there. Yeah, just everyone. Like again, like phase three, which is to say, pretty much anyone like up through like Endgame almost, right? I mean, literally. It's, I mean, it takes place during Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. So it's it's I I very much enjoyed that aspect of it that it's just all the characters because we really haven't gotten anything like that, right? The closest thing to that was the Earth's Mightiest Heroes one, like the, you know the Lost the Mightiest Heroes one, which again though that took place during Phase One, so like it had a lot of dudes, but not nearly the breadth of. It like, just kind of had the Mount Rushmore, really. Yeah, yeah. But so this one deals with again just everyone who was like in Infinity War appears in some capacity, right? Whether as a zombie or or as like a living character does mm-hmm. stuff. But I don't know. I I just think that's really cool. Again, I like when these episodes really feel like entries into the universe, like instead of just as kind of little animated one-offs, they feel like they're part of the MCU because they they have that cinematic feel to them with a big cast and all that. I don't know. In, again, even though like not everyone was the actual voice actors, they got enough where I feel like it fills it out and it it gets you there, right? Yeah, it gets it does what it needs to do in the time that it has for sure. Like probably the only notable or the most notable absences would be Tom Holland and. Evangeline Lilly. Oh, no, wait. Shit, I'm sorry. Evangeline Lilly isn't it. <laughs> oh, he should have checked. <laughs> I got it right here. Definitely not uh, Tom Holland, though. It was pretty close, though. I knew it wasn't Tom Holland, but the voice he does... No, he does... He's pretty uh, again, close. he does, like, a good, like, sort of Tom Holland impression, impression. really. Yeah. Which is one of those things where, like, for any kind of extended role, that's not what you want, usually, right? Like, I remember when... I mean, this is kind of off topic, but um, when they were casting young Han Solo... There was like this guy. There's like this viral video of this guy on YouTube who did who could do like a perfect sort of like young Harrison Ford on solo impression. And it's like, realistically, that's not what you want, right? For a guy yeah. who's carrying a movie, you don't want a guy who can just do a really good impression of the last you want a guy good to actor do it. Who can? It was close. He's got the same vibe, of course, but you don't just want an impressionist. No, I will say my my infamous hot take. <laughs> oh yeah, late on there. of Solo. He said, I like the guy they get to play young Han Solo more than Harrison Ford himself. No. Oh, yeah? What's his name? Say his name. 
James Clydesdale. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't know his name. He's in Hail Caesar. Yep. Well, I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. So you don't want that for an extended kind of role, right? But for, <coughs> for a one-off episode of a animated show like this, it, it's like Black Widow was in uh, in the Earth's Mightiest Heroes one, where, again, it gets close enough. And for a, a minor or relatively minor role in, you know, again, like a 30-minute episode, I think getting an impressionist sort of thing for that one. That side of thing does work. So yeah, yeah, I think he certainly. Did. That's all just to say. I I agree. He did good <laughs> as as Peter Parker. This again though. This one was like absolutely star studded. Obviously Jeffrey Wright's back, but Mark Ruffalo is Hulk. Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. Paul Bettany was a great. He did great. The guy who's Ebony Maw. Yep. Uh, Sebastian Stan is uh, Bucky again. He's like one of the first. Oh, him and uh, well, I guess I, should, I shouldn't say that. Evangeline Lilly again. Paul Rudd obviously. John Favreau. Denai Guerrero. Emily Van Camp. And then I don't, I'm not going to lie, I don't know. Uh, Tom Vaughn, Vaughn Taylor, whatever, or Lawler, whatever that guy's name is. That, that was the uh, Peter Parker guy. But yeah, I, like I said, I really enjoyed that element of it. I always like when they do stories like this, right? Whether in the comics, the movies, or whatever. Because this is obviously reminiscent of sort of Marvel zombies, right? Right. It's not quite the same. Um, we talked about it at one point. I think I think maybe when we were like predicting stuff for What If. It's like in... Marvel zombies, they're intelligent still, mostly. Like, like yeah, quite intelligent. They have an understanding of yeah, who they are. Not even just an understanding. Like, they are mostly sentient, especially after they've fed. The idea is, like, they kind of go into a feeding frenzy at some point, but after they eat, they're really kind of with it, and they're, like, to the point where they're even feeling bad. Like, Captain America and Spider-Man and them, where they're like, oh, God, this sucks. We're just Wish we didn't people. have to do this. Yeah. These ones are not quite at that level, but they're not just zombies. Which, like, obviously, that's the point of doing, like, a any kind of superhero zombie universe thing, right? It's like, if they were just mindless zombies, that would obviously be dumb. So you have to do the thing where they can still use their powers and stuff. Right, it yeah. It makes it way more interesting, of course. Right. Otherwise, again, it's just zombie stuff. There's no good. They're just shambling around. So this is kind of reminiscent of that. Um, kind of reminiscent of the, the Punisher zombie one, which is Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. I think it's fun. Uh, what I was saying, though, is that I like when they do stories like this. The kind of, like, odd team they'll get together, right? Yes. Yeah, Odds and ends of whoever lives. Yeah, because the team that this one isn't necessarily what you'd expect of, like, the best of the best necessarily who survived, right? It's not your Iron Mans and your Captain Americas and, and Doctor Strange, and, and Thor, just all the most badass. It's like, there's some of that. Like, Spider-Man's pretty cool. Vision, obviously, for obvious reasons, doesn't die. But then there's also just some, like, yeah, like, Happy. and uh, Yeah, I was very surprised to see Happy there and Sharon uh-huh. Carter. I didn't expect them yeah, to yeah, be Yeah, and Sharon it. Carter, And exactly. Okoye, actually, as well. Okoye's pretty badass. Oh, to spoilers be also. Well, yeah. Probably say that at the top. <laughs> Eventually, we got to say it. It's almost. I I think it'd almost be funny if we never end up saying it at the top. <laughs> if we never once. We never once. All right. I don't want to mean it, but I, isn't his name guy from Solo? Alden. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. How would you pronounce? I've that? heard it as Alden Einhenreich. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So I know his name. You just Googled it though. No, I didn't. <laughs> you held up your phone. I there, remember. Man. You can't prove that. That's true. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back on track. Like I said, the team was good. Some of them, to me, do kind of make sense. Like, I guess, in, in on the one hand, for, like, a zombie-type thing, some of those more grounded, like, just fucking, I can use guns good <laughs> heroes make sense. Like, a Bucky. Like, Bucky, actually, like, the Winter Soldier does feel like, if you had to pick, like, one Marvel character, you know, beyond just, like, a, obviously Thor could just kill a bunch of zombies, but it's like, I don't know, he feels... Like a human character. Yeah, yeah, the Winter Soldier feels more like, most like the guy who's from a zombie movie or game or something. Yeah, he's got that super strong arm and stuff. Like, if you put Bucky into Resident Evil, he would fit in and also do real good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you so do that, real well. 
Because Superman does good. Maybe? Does that even make sense? Yeah, he would do well. All right, screw you. No, he would also do good, though. He'd be doing good. Yeah, but... By he, saving the world. No, yes, but no, the quality of his work, he would be doing well. He would be doing good very well. Okay, yeah, that's true, but it's <laughs> not what you said. Yeah, I... Again, I like I liked the zombies using their powers, the way they, like, use that, I guess, right? Like, the way that presented, like, what's her face? Wasp. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet... Oh, Scarlet Witch is cool. Yeah, she, did, she could use all her powers still. Yeah, Wasp growing... I thought it was real weird... When wasp, when wasp turns, because there's no blood in her arm, like it's just like a cut, but there's no, there's nothing to show that there's something in the cut. That's true, but that's just zombie. That's just part for the course for zombie stuff, right? Yeah, that's kind of the idea usually, right? Is that you just get if if you receive any type of wound, you're gonna die, right? Well, when they say in this one, it travels through saliva specifically, so like assuming that the zombie bit her. I don't know. I what's when she died? Died though, as in like she did the final sacrifice. Thing. I thought that was dumb because I was I, the whole time I was just thinking like, why doesn't she shrink? Yeah, she could just shrink again. Even if she's gonna die from the zombie thing anyway, she could at least prolong it. Or at the very end, she should have shrunk so that when she came back as a zombie, she wasn't giant. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't a just giant woman. But another thing that caught me is when she just blows up Sharon Carter on the way to the cure. Yeah, I was like, you're trying to save her. No, she was already zombified. I thought the cure was so they could cure oh, the no, zombies. Oh, no, you're right. I guess it could. Un- it did undo the zombie kind of thing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it fixed Paul oh, Rudd's head. You're right. Actually, that's a good point. You just, I don't know, then. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good point. That was pretty brutal that she exploded, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, just straight up. I also thought it was brutal when Hawkeye shoots Happy through the arm yeah. and drags him away into the dark. I was like, oh, my God. They really just... When they just drag him away, and then he just turned into a zombie and just trying to shoot people in the face with this Iron Man repulsor. I did think it was funny that he had that, though. <laughs> that was, was like, good. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Yeah, again, the the Vision Scarlet Witch stuff was really interesting. I thought that was just I, at first I was like, this is kind of an interesting take on almost like a WandaVision thing of like, if Wanda lost Vision, sorry, other way around, that's what happens in WandaVision. Yeah, if yeah. Vin, if Vision lost Wanda, would he also kind of go crazy? And it was kind of that. I guess he really was doing it somewhat altruistically. Yeah, like he actually still was doing the right choice. Like he didn't really have a choice, it, even if he didn't love her or whatever he might have still come to that conclusion of like well you got to keep her calm because yeah obviously otherwise it would have just been disastrous so so he just like kind of cut off child's leg like saw shit yeah that's pretty grim yeah like he just took his leg he's like i'm taking your leg to child like it's mine speaking of grim i've said before how i like that these um that there's always a bit of a cliffhanger on these i didn't bite before i mean every time we've talked about a what if episode because, again, it, it makes it feel like it's part of a continuing universe, like all the MCU stuff is. Yeah. And this one is, is a not much more continuing universe, is it? No, it <laughs> ends. Like, I think it just it definitively... That's like pretty grim. Like, the last three, actually, with Ego. Yeah. Uh, not three. Chubby. Less than three. Because Ego, the world ends yeah, yeah. in episode two. And then the last one was strange. I mean, episode, the last four, though, I mean, the, the Loki one's pretty grim, that Loki just takes over Earth. And, like, Thor's gone and Hulk's gone and... If anything, all this stuff sort of supports that the like, the the Infinity War type thing of like the the mainline MCU universe that we have is like the one in fourteen million that work that works because there's so many steps where it could just go wrong mm-hmm. and like yeah the fact that they've infiltrated Wakanda which makes sense because yeah the Thanos and his army do that in the yeah, movie yeah they break through and T'Challa's but then there's also there. zombie and it's just like it's just this clusterfuck you know what's interesting to me is that. They have two episodes now where the, like, I guess, like, the antagonist or the reason the thing goes wrong is because of, like, 
Hank Pym or Ant-Man characters. That's true. Because it's a good point. This is when he brings his zombie wife back from mm-hmm. the Quantum Realm, and then obviously in the one he goes crazy and murders all the Avengers' uh, yellow jacket. Yeah. I do a lot of editing for these coughs. I'm sorry. You, I just want to say, you've not been coughing much until we started. Because I'm talking a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> they keep talking. So, uh, I knew this show would kill us one day. Yeah. Just didn't expect it to be so soon. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was going to be when we uh, do a knife fight live on air. Yeah, and yeah. kill each other. To determine who is the final act. Who's the true power- most powerful <laughs> act. Yeah. It would you know, be better if we had a name that uh, one of our names started with A and, you know, and your would still be Z, so it could be kind of like a beginning and the end kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Real poetic. Mm-hmm. But A-A-C-K is just act. So it would just yeah. be the act attack with A and Z. Mm, doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't work. It doesn't have the right flow. Ack is not a name. It's not truly. But it's our name. But yeah, I just thought that was grim. I feel like, even though maybe it's not as grim, it, it, I don't know, it felt more grim than the last one even. Because <laughs> that yeah. last one is kind of t- final of like... It's over. Like he's, He fucked it up and it's just ruined though. And and presumably most of that universe just kind of blinked out of existence. Oh, my mic. I tap my mic just on. Most of that universe just blinked out of existence, and now the only one who has to suffer is Doctor Strange. Whereas in this universe, it's going to be like a lo- like Thanos is a zombie, and he's very close. He's obvious. Obviously, the implication is that because of the- it's just uh, well, it's <laughs> it's just headed. It's 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 just headed Ant Man, whatever. Like the opposite of headless. <laughs> I guess yeah. I don't know. And and crippled legless T'Challa and uh, emotionally devastated. Spider-Man are the only ones left, and they're arriving in Wakanda, which has been overrun by Thanos' zombie army and, and the fa- zombie... And an almost completed Infinity Gauntlet exactly. wielding zombie Thanos. And Thanos, who has a nearly complete Infinity Gauntlet and a zombified... Uh, what are they called? What, what, are, what are his homies? <laughs> Black Order? Boys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So it's the Black Order, who are all zombies, and like they're going to curb stomp Spider-Man. And oh, yeah. <laughs> like Spider-Man and Black Panther are pretty good, but they're not going to stand up to Thanos with... On nearly full gauntlet and his whole army and everything. So, like, yeah, the implication is obviously very clear. They're just going to take that last gem for them. And then now zombie Thanos has the infinity gauntlet, which is... It's probably even crazier than yeah. regular Thanos because now probably, he's Probably because God knows what he's going to do. Yeah. So that's pretty grim. And, again, it's like I feel like it's less just kind of total. Like, that could get drawn on and just be brutal for a lot of people with that universe. probably spread throughout the universe. Yeah. Just a slow burn of everyone being ripped apart and, and eaten by their loved ones. Yeah, it's it's, it's stuff, man. It's pretty fucked up. It, and I saw someone like say this, and I think I might agree. Like this, maybe this may be the darkest timeline. I, I mean, MCU. almost literally. I I assume as we might go on, we might get darker times because we still haven't got to Ultron. That's true. Ultron's got his, his episode coming up, so That's that one probably point. will be dark. There, there may yet be darker still, but yeah, it's, it's grim stuff. But again, it's, I did like a lot. I, it's how I feel about That's this fair. episode, Jane. Sorry, sorry, my vocabulary is not good enough for me. Well, read some uh, books then. Jeez, it's, man, it's it's pretty desolate. It's pretty uh, dismal. Dismal. I'll say dismal. Dismal's good. Pretty no good. Yeah, but again, I'll say it every week. I like that they put that in though, just for us. <laughs> and I like I like how witty the watcher is every time. <laughs> He's like, uh, just be like, no, they're screwed. They're screwed. No, nothing we can do about it. Well, moving on. Don't what think is, about it. Because what is his thing in this one? He's like, even in the face of. You know, stuff being real bad. Humans still got hope, even if it's going to bring them, like whatever he says. Essentially, even even if their hope actually accidentally brings about the end of their universe, <laughs> the annihilation, and that's rough. <laughs> it's kind of like maybe don't hope. 
Like a negative <laughs> well, outlook. That's, I mean, well, that's literally kind of how it is. Like, yeah, these dumbasses hoped, and look where it got them. <laughs> yeah, all the good that did. Don't hope, kids. Hope means nothing. Your life is a lie. All right. I think it's probably it. Right? It's probably I could tack off it into. Do you want to talk about Knights of the Old Republic? Oh yeah, sure. We can talk about that. I mean, in all honesty, I don't think we have a ton, ton to say. But uh, they announced that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a proper remake, um, which I take to be. Uh, not even take. It's a remake, right? It's not just a remaster, which is popular nowadays, which is just like you just kind of run all the graphics through like a <laughs> an upscaler. Yeah, an upscaler essentially, and you just kind of port the game over and just put it out again. This I'm taking to be a proper remake, ground up like like a Demon Souls kind of thing. Sure, like a Demon Souls, like Resident Evil Two or Three remake, where they're keeping the presumably the same gameplay and the same storyline and all, but. From the ground up, revital, yeah, rebuilding, rebuilding it. the gameplay and all in the to proper just be more, yeah, to in a new engine or whatever, some kind of different engine and improve. Uh, obviously, the graphics and stuff will be improved, but the gameplay should just be better and all, just just more refined, more like what you'd expect out of a modern version of it, which is exciting. I don't know. I think that's cool. I personally, I own Kotor. I have it on here on my my, on my Xbox because it's one of those ones that is available on backwards compatibility. So I have a copy of Kotor in there that is an xbox like as in like an original xbox right. copy that can run in there and on an xbox one x which is what i have they they say that kind of natively upscales it to be like better graphics than obviously you would have gotten on, an on original the original xbox. xbox yeah i think they say it upscales to almost 4k or something to, you know it's not native 4k or whatever like from the so it's it's just the gameplay just the the graphics themselves are just kind of look crisper whatever, yeah right but i've yet to play it just because i don't know we gotten around to it but uh, I might not now because I, don't know, I might wait for this. Although that kind of brings me to the other point. The other the only big news part of it, really, because it's really just an announcement thus far. Yeah. Is that um, it's it was revealed at the Sony exclusive like showcase, yeah. meaning it is only available on the extinct PS5 <laughs> that doesn't truly exist. <laughs> the as of yet unforeseen PS5. Yeah. yeah. Along with a couple other games uh, that people would like to play that I yeah. don't know those consoles. Well, and I just for everyone else's sake, because I don't think I said it yet. I I have an Xbox personally. I mean, I probably I do as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, we both have Xboxes, of course. Um, well, neither of us have a new one. <laughs> yeah, that's. But true. I think they. I think this is coming to PS4 and Five, right? Yeah. You said that or may- God, I hope it's not just new consoles. Although, I can't imagine this is this is coming out for a while yet. I think it's. I think a lot of the stuff that was revealed is like yeah, 2023. It's got to be a couple years off. Yeah, still. So. Hopefully by then the new consoles will be easier to acquire. But and I also think they it said that it was a I don't know I don't remember the exact terminology, but I think it was implied to be one of those ones that will eventually come to other to the Xbox, um, right. just not at launch. Which it still sucks though. It's to me it's such a bizarre one because um, it's not it's not a Sony property or anything by any way by any means, right? No, it's a strange one for me to be a PS4 exclusive. Like obviously God of War. That's right in house. Yeah, that's an in house. Uh, Insomniac Games with the Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man is in house, and Sony, obviously the parent company, has the the it's the whole thing, right? With Spider Man and and the rights, and it's the same with like Microsoft, obviously, right? Like Microsoft develops and makes Gears and Halo, Halo. So like they have those, but to me, it's it's weird that a Star Wars game is a console exclusive, and kind of disappointed me because obviously anyone else is. know I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I would really enjoy this. And again, I think I probably will save. I mean, I've saved myself. 
the entirety of my life thus far. So yeah. I don't see a reason to not wait a couple more years to get it. Um, I think it'd be cool to experience it for the first time on that version. But yeah, so that is exciting, but also disappointing. I, I don't know. So it's a bit, it's a bit bittersweet, I suppose. I don't, I don't know why they do shit like this. I really don't. It bothers me. Because money. And we we I t- was telling you about it. Like not. I mean, not to be all all Xbox fanboy about it, but it's seeming like Xbox and Microsoft in particular are much more open nowadays, and everyone else for that matter. Nintendo and them are getting better about crossplay and moving away from this like tribalism kind of thing. Yeah, this this console war petty bullshit. Because like we were talking about how I don't think there's any. So our Marvel or fuck, <laughs> I don't think there's any Xbox exclusives that are truly only playable on Xbox consoles because I think almost all of them are PS or PC as well. So. Yeah, and in their defense, this Kotor was also announced for PC, so the, you do have that option. But a, a lot of the Sony games are only truly on an on a PlayStation. Like right, you have to yes. buy a physical PlayStation console. And I think Gears of War or not Gears of War, sorry, God of War. And the Spider-Man games are both like that, right? Because I remember when, respectively, those came out, there was all kind of, like, Reddit posts and stuff of being like, I went out to buy a PS5 to play, or 4, I guess, back then. Like, I went to buy a PS4 to play God of War and stuff. Yeah. I played a little bit of God of War. I played God of War 3 a little bit, and it was fun. I mean, I think it's, I think it's the the first three games of the trilogy, mm-hmm. when he's in ancient Greece, is a, the, the uh, gameplay loop there is a bit of a departure from the gameplay loop of uh, God of War 4. Yeah, they're I know different. it's been toted because in God of War 3, uh, it's supposed to be pulled back in like kind of third person bird's eye, uh-huh. and you have a lot more weapons. Oh, yeah. Like you have tons of weapons. Like you get basically all, like uh, almost every mythological weapon you could want. Like you eventually, uh, you get the head of like Helios at one point. Oh, yeah. And all that like stuff. You rip off Hermes's legs. I mean, I guess spoilers for a game that came <laughs> out in, two, in the early 2000s. I haven't played God of War 3 yet. But yeah. I played one on my PlayStation Portable. <laughs> How was that? Pretty fun. <laughs> no, good stuff. Like, good that stuff. Was like Twelve or something. So, it seemed pretty cool to me. Oh, games will rob your mind. The only way, the only other thing I had to say about uh, Knights of the Republic was that, like everything Star Wars related, there's already been a, something of an uproar among certain sects of fans. Well, there's there's two there's two uproars about it, right? The first and foremost one is all the Legends fans asking if it's canon, which the answer is just no. Right? Of course. Yeah. Now, in their defense. They did seem to be a bit cagey about it, and the thing of like, just just some of the very specific like sentences they used in the release thing made it on on stars.com that is made it somewhat not very clear if because the, they're like essentially it said something to the effect of like yeah relive the legend story you know of Knights of the Republic right and so then there's people are like now are they saying now listen are they saying that the old one is legends and this one won't be. Or are they saying that when we're reliving the legend story, this one will also be legend? Or is it different? Is, is, is the old one legends and this one will be canon? And it's like, well, no, obviously not. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it will be. But I, if it's going to be the same story, it can't be canon. Of or they're going to alter it so much that it to make it canon that people are going to be pissy about that. So I don't. I, I, I'm going to put my foot down now. It's not canon. Um, and the other uproar about it is like one of the writers on this. Uh, Who's doing? So I guess they must be altering some story because they have writers for it, or at the very least, they're. I mean, they got to be. They're probably redoing the lines and stuff. So, whatever. The point is, one of the writers on this game, um, she has said in the past that um, Knights of the Republic is not her favorite Star Wars game, and so people are getting on her for that. 
I think a lot of it is just, you know, because Star Wars fans are the worst. I really do think some of it's just because she is a woman. Ooh, that's <laughs> and they're like, tough. And they're like, <laughs> she doesn't understand Star Wars the right way. She doesn't. KOTOR isn't even her favorite game. What does she know? Fire her. I'm going to stick to my old copy. You guys are clearly too woke with this one. Because that's, that's the thing that the fandom menace loves talking about is being too woke and everything. Everything's yeah. too woke. They're truly the worst. There's people. females involved. It's woke. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I, I, I didn't care. Again, it's like cartoonishly sexist. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like you're like a parody of yourself in like the worst way you could possibly be. Because again, Kotor has no particular special place for me. Um, so I don't care one way or the other. But even if I, I mean, I'd like to think even if I did that, her saying it's not her favorite thing shouldn't be grounds enough to hate this. Yeah. I doubt every person who works is like, oh, this is my favorite yeah, thing I'm right? working on. What do you want? Yeah. It's a ridiculous precedent. Like, she just, uh, I think she just announced, like, yeah, I'm so excited this is finally public, you know? I don't know how Twitter this is. Like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm actually writing on this. I'm excited to be working on this project. And then the replies are just filled with people being like, oh, this you? Posting screenshots of her tweet where she said KOTOR wasn't her favorite game. Which is like, let her, leave her be. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? She clearly is excited enough, even if she's lying. She's doing so it. I think just to piss off those guys in particular, I think it'd be hilarious if in this one they removed the choice in the character creation and they just made Revan a only a female. <laughs> I think that'd be really <laughs> just funny. To stick it to him because yeah. obviously, like famously, um, that's what it, because for some reason Kotor is a bastion of the fandom. Like it's one of those things. The one of the things they've particularly latched onto. Like I think because it's in the grand scheme of Star Wars, it's quite niche. Really? Yeah. I mean, every time you say it, I forget. Right. It's like we always talk it's like we've talked about before, like it's like we talk about with um what's it called? With the Force Unleashed, right? Two like more hardcore Star Wars fans, you just yeah, of course, everyone knows the Force Unleashed. But to a lot of people, and again the overwhelming majority of people who enjoy Star Wars Statistically speaking. That's nothing. Yeah. They don't know what that is. And so it's like that, like only the most diehard people know what Knights of the Old Republic is. And so I think that's probably why they've latched on to be like, well, you're not a real fan if you don't know Knights of the Old Republic. This is our thing. And so that's just amusing because then, like, people turn it on them and being like, yeah, and Revan's a girl, right? Revan's a woman, though? Yeah. They're like, and they're like, no. like, well, not in my Revan. And Revan is a man, actually. The canonical choice is that Revan is a man. Um. So, yeah, I just think it'd be funny. That was, like, one of those rumors for a while where they're like, Brie Larson's ruining Star Wars because she's insisted that she be cast as Revan. Revan's not a girl, not a blonde woman, not Brie Larson. Ah! So, are, yeah, I think they should. Those people are truly the most vile scum I ever walked the earth. A wretched hive of scum and villainy. So I think they should. What's that reference to? Star Wars. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> that out. Ooh, that's getting it out. Ooh. So I think they should cast Brie Larson and use her voice. And, and her mocap and everything for Revan. I want her to look right into the camera and be like, I'm being played by Brie Larson. <laughs> you cannot dispute this. I just think it'd be fun because I just don't care. Because yeah, who cares? She's an old... And it's it's like everything. The old ones still exist. No matter, even if they ruin it, if you think that Knights of the Republic is already perfect, then you just have it to play. Yeah. You can play it forever. You can play it forever. So yeah. A present perfect for that one, right? Yeah. So well, I could take off of that and do our third topic. Well, no. Me. We'll pivot into the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I cut you off. I don't know why you did either. <laughs> so I was saying we should transition. That's, that's strike one. <laughs> no, actually, so, no, yeah. strike two after our little dispute about uh, good and well. So ooh, you're on thin ice with me, sir. Yeah, but you didn't know who played Han Solo, so. <laughs> is, that a, is that a point back for me? Or <laughs> is this, was that strike three just now? Ooh, we'll call it two and a half. All right, so this is kind of in the same vein as the 
we just wanted to we did this for Black Widow, so we just thought it'd be fun to do it again for see what, how people reacted to Shang Chi. The Ten Legends of the Ten Rings. Most part, it's been real positive. I think a lot of people agree with us more so than with Black Widow because with Black Widow, a lot of the internet buzz seemed to be pretty negative, which is kind of surprising as to us because like, we we were big fans of it. Yeah, like, we liked it a lot. Truly, unironically, un- as in like that that disconnect can kind of happen with a lot of this stuff is like. For better or worse, I mean, and we, I think we fall on both sides of it sometimes. Um, a lot of stuff, in particularly in this, you know, the nerd kind of shit, like Star Wars and Marvel and whatnot, there can be somewhat of a disconnect between the fans and the critics. And like I said, I've fallen both sides before. Sometimes I do find when there is a bit of a divide, you know, sometimes I fall in line with the critics more and sometimes more with the fans. Right, yeah. Like, like, and, and also, I say fans, it's one of those things where it's, you know, the internet obviously very much amplifies, like, vocal minorities, so... You just need to get a handful of people who are passionate enough to really cause a fuss, and that can feel like like all everyone, what the fans feel. Yeah, everyone's talking about this. Like really, the last, it's like the three last guys Jedi, with all the yeah. with like ten alt accounts. To the like, last Jedi is probably good. now. To be fair, I think a lot of people genuinely do not love the last Jedi, which is fine. I don't know if I ever said on the show. Love that movie. One of my favorite stars movie. Maybe up there. If I if I had to just pick one, it might just be that. Fuck it. Um, my favorite <laughs> is Solo. There you go. No nope. enough. Yes, no. Solo's the best one. You've said on this show before that Rogue One is the best one. <laughs> I don't think you can prove that. <laughs> I don't um, think you can prove that. So I can go back and change the files. <laughs> like that, for example. That was one that the critics all loved, and I fell on their side, even though a lot of fans didn't. Um, and again, for Black Widow, the f- f- critics, quote-unquote, were pretty positive, but it seemed like there was, at the very least, yeah, a vocal sort of minority being, Tishmaster. But I think, luckily for this one, there's not been that. Yeah, I'm glad um, for it. It's been, yeah, a lot of people liked it as much as we did. One of the big things, cool. we talked about a little off-pod before um, the, the show today, was that there was, I, again, a vocal minority, I think we'll go back to that, I think it's a good way to um, put it for this scenario, of people who just thought this movie was going to fail and mm-hmm. bomb. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that all of it was uh, race-motivated, I'll say. But I, I won't say it. it wasn't a factor. Yeah. I don't all. know if there's a term for that that, I, that we should learn, but it's like the, the sort of the fandom menace for Marvel. Uh, the uh, assholes. Yeah, that's, well, they uh, are. Yeah. But it's, just, it's, that's, it's that exact kind of overlap, right? Because it's the same people who are saying, like, it's sometimes literally the same, like, whatever YouTube channels and stuff where it's like, yeah, Star Wars is going to fail because they're being too... It's it's the whole woke thing, right? Like, oh, everything's getting too woke, which, I mean... That's another here nor there. some decision... Yeah, it's... Yeah, that, that's probably the best way to put it. I'm not going to lie. There's some things that I think is kind of can be a bit much in, in stuff nowadays, but Marvel, by and large, yeah. it's really not a thing at all. It, and, and even if it was that big, I don't really care enough to even be bothered by it. It certainly doesn't overwhelm anything like these people say no. the way people make it out to be it's it's yeah it's like every decision is is based off of this Algorithm. agenda they have yeah to i don't know do what i do i don't know what well, to what end that, I, well that's, that's the thing that's one of the big things to what end because marvel's real end and this is even i mean i guess this is somewhat cynical but this is just the fucking reality of it is to just make as much money as they can and that's if that falls into a certain demographic that means that that's just the popular that's just the yeah. trend of it, right? Yeah. yeah. But whatever. So yeah, there was again, those kind of people were like, oh, it's gonna fail and because they're being too woke. And again, I don't know what the fuck that means in this context. Other than just this movie stars minorities. It, it's, a, it's just overwhelmingly obviously. It's right? a, it's just a similar movie to Black Panther. In the sense that it is just a majority of the cast are and I think in this case, almost all of them, I've literally all the main characters that have speaking lines. 
The only couple I can think of are the Blade guy. I was good. Yeah, I think he's the only one. Well, and Ben Kingsley. <laughs> oh, that's true. You know, you're right. Uh, are just uh, minority characters. Even then, they those are what side characters at yeah, best. Yeah, they're in not the main characters supporting. who have a lot of the yeah, kind of relief characters. Think, yeah, just like background. Yeah, and and even beyond the fact that it's oh too woke and they're ruining it. Um, this is a post end game Marvel movie. These they could literally just show a slideshow of comic book panels, <laughs> and they would make five hundred million fucking dollars. That's it's right. goddamn Marvel. I just don't get like it. this shit. Like it or not, well, now, that's no is too mean. big to fail at this point in the current truly, state. Truly, I don't know. Yeah, these guys are deluding themselves if they think any of it. And the thing I think I don't know if we said it on the show, but I've definitely talked to you about it before. The only thing that's gonna sink Marvel at this point is like a series of failures because. People kind of predicted, like, well, Endgame, they've kind of lost a lot of steam now. But I, it, if that was ever the case, which I don't even know if I would say it was, at this point, I think they've already won everyone back where now, they're just in full swing again. Now, I will say, uh, full disclosure, I was one of those people. I think I probably yeah, was kind of I was like, I was like, Endgame has a very, I mean, that's a testament to how good it is. It has a very big sense of finality. Like, yeah. They could kind of end it here, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. But then WandaVision came out, and I was like, I'm back on, like, WandaVision, like, the first trophy of WandaVision came out, and I watched, and I was like, cool, back on board. And then, like, I've, I've enjoyed everything ever since. Like, there hasn't been a thing that I've been like, well, that was bad, and I didn't like it. I agree. Again, now we're big. We're big Marvel soy boys. Big soy boys. Big shills about it. But still. We have a show about it, literally. Literally. But, yeah, I think a lot of people feel, <laughs> I mean, it's still very popular, and this the, the, the literal financial success of this movie shows that, too. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how anyone could convince himself this was going to fail just because the Marvel hype train is, is so powerful still. It, like I said, I think it would take a series of like practically concentrated efforts to sink this franchise yeah. at this point. And like, if you look at every movie, like how, are they, how could they possibly fail with Spider-Man and yeah. Doctor Strange 2 and Thor 4 coming up? Like those are the next yeah. three movies of like of that are like continuations of a story. And they're just getting bigger. Like, we've made a joke with Doctor Strange how, like, it's basically an Avengers movie. Like, these movies are kind of all starting to just kind of be, mm-hmm. like, as the comics are, and we haven't talked about on the show, Yeah, how characters in comics just jump into each other's stuff and yeah. jump out. Like, I think that's just going to be the MCU. You said, you saw this quote from... Ben Cumberbatch yeah, today. Yeah, From uh, Variety, I read a quote that said, because uh, obviously he's in he's uh, Doctor Strange, Ben Cumberbatch has said that this is probably the greatest... Spider-Man it is. Standalone, yeah, Spider-Man, No Way Home, is the greatest standalone superhero movie up until his <laughs> Doctor Strange 2, which I think is like, well... Kinda, it's, it's that thing we always say on here, which is, it is he's in those movies, so he's going to say that, yeah, but still. Just that he said it. I mean, and I mean, fuck, Sam Raimi's directing yeah. Doctor Strange 2. Like, he's, well, and again, he's just the original. everything that's been confirmed and are rumored, I would agree. Did, didn't you say he said it was like ambitious or something or to that effect? Probably most ambitious, yeah. I believe Which like, was I the can't, I don't know how I could disagree. These no, are like, yeah, again, these are practically just, the, the amount of characters and stuff in there. They're just yeah. Civil War movies pretty much. Exactly. Just like Civil War. It's just like Civil War. It's like, it's barely even considered a, it, you could barely, realistically, in all honesty, you could barely even consider it a solo movie. Yeah, I agree. There's just so many characters. So, yeah. I don't... I... Unfortunately, the reality is just there's this, like, li- little niche sort of market that's popped up with these people who like to cry this, like, woke thing about everything. And I don't know. It's it. It's just dicks. I don't, I don't even know what else to say. 
we don't have to get in their whole why they exist, but that's just the reality of it. Is like, and they 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 get in these echo chambers where they do convince themselves that everyone thinks the way they do, and that, oh yeah, I'm a racist asshole, so I'm not going to see this movie because it's got Asian people and lots of people think like me because the 50 people in this YouTube comment section agree with me. Yeah, that these, must be the world. All these 50s racists that also are like, yeah, you got a point about these Asian people. Like, but yeah, I don't see how anyone, like you said, at this point, they're gonna, it's gonna be a. It's going to be hard to really sink one of these Marvel movies. I guess, I mean, I guess Black Widow didn't do stellar, but that's kind of its own thing, obviously. Yeah, I think that really ties. more circumstances. Yeah, but I also think that kind of ties in the fact that Black Widow was a movie that is a prequel. All movies going forward continue a story. Yeah. And again, that movie didn't even do terribly either, yeah. by the way. That movie know. made plenty of money. If it was any other movie, they would have done great. That would have been, yeah, that's an excellent. So, because like I saw and I saw a different uh, podcast. I won't name. <laughs> uh, Just name it. Who cares? Well, whatever. It was. I was on one of the Weekly Planet little side podcasts. They were talking about um, this clickbait article. That they have a show where they totally just go after the the whole point of the show is they uh, just kind of make fun of shitty clickbait articles. Right from like and it was talking about how like yeah, clearly Disney putting out Shang Chi onto theaters proves how little faith they have in it for and then but it like also was talking about black widow at the same time and they're like yeah and black widow was another woke failure a movie led by all women pretty woke clearly they failed and and they didn't have any faith in that either and that's why they put it on streaming so it was like in this one article they had the logic of Disney had no faith in this movie. That's why they put it on streaming. And Disney has no faith in this movie, clearly. And that's, and that's why, why they, they're they, putting it they on didn't, theaters. They didn't put it on streaming. Clearly. And so it's they, just like, what, so what the fuck are you they, saying? They've done a classic Mac where they've played both sides. So they always come out on top. They played both sides <laughs> against the middle, so they always come out on top. Even though Somehow, it's themselves. They didn't have any faith in either, either of those movies, which is why they went to totally... De- <sighs> it's just stupid. But yeah. It's most people, anyone with any, who just saw it and just wasn't determined to hate it, just thought Shang-Chi yeah, was like pretty I, cool. Like so. I said last week, if you go on this movie neutral, you'll enjoy it. It's just a good I, movie. It's just a fun movie. Again, we're big Marvel soul boys, but uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about this all last week. But yeah, it's it's just it's it's one of the more standalone MCU movies in a while because it has it's a new, relatively it's, little connection. It's kind of an origin story. Yeah, it's and it's just kind of a it's just a solid action movie. I think someone who had no interest in Marvel but just wanted to see a fun action movie would like that. So it's just good. I don't. I know. I just generally think it's just a solid movie. Yeah. Not because of a bunch of nerdy Marvel tie-in shit, which some of them are, and I obviously appreciate them for that. Because we're soy boys. Yeah. This one is not that. It's just a fun movie. So I don't see how anyone could really hate it, hate it, unless yeah. you were determined to do so. I totally agree. But we won't. That probably will end it there. Yeah. Got our thoughts out. So we're gonna oh, end our last. Attacked. Yeah. So. Is the reason we did it in this order is that from here on out, you can stop listening if you want, because yeah. we are going to talk about the Wheel of Time, the the fourteen book fantasy epic by Robert Jordan, and its accompanying TV show that's going to come out yeah. on Amazon Prime. So if you have no interest in Wheel of Time, we put it at the end here because we're talking about it for a long time. And we didn't want to or have any force you to listen to it. For that matter, if you are interested in watching the show, we are going to be talking about and. I'm, we we decided we don't want to go into like super specifics about just plot. We're not just going to give you synopsis or anything, but we are going to talk about the first three books and how they're going to relate to the show and stuff because that's what we've read up to so far. So if you want to go into the show totally fresh, that's the other thing. So yeah, if you have no interest in real time or if you have quite a bit, um, you can either way tune out now. Or if you've also read the books and are excited for the show as well. 
Listen, Perfect. Listen through. And hey, if you don't actually stop listening, just mute the episode <laughs> from right now all the way to the end so we get that playtime. Yeah. We need it. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Love of God, we need that playtime. So, so I got a whole checklist for us to run down here. Oh, Jesus Christ. So the, let's, so the first three books we read, and let's, let's do well, that's, some. That's number one on the checklist. Well, I'm check. going first. What then. do we think of books one, two, and three? I liked them all. I, I, them all I thought they were pretty incredible books. I won't even lie. I really enjoy them. I don't know. Like no, the, I, is... I have the world, the Great Hunt, and the Dragon Reborn. I just want to say the names yeah, truly. Yeah. So, where I don't know. Now this is right up our alley. We are the target audience. If you couldn't tell by the this fucking podcast we do, we um, love fantasy shit. <laughs> We're all about shit, it. Right? Just straight it, shoot it right us up, right yeah. up in our veins here. So I don't think there was any danger that we were gonna hate it. No, but yeah, we we both have very enjoyed, much enjoyed these books. Yeah. I know these books get a lot of criticism, even from fantasy fans. I think some of that's just the classic like thing is popular. I'm done against thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, I think it's genuinely good. And to, some, to, let's let's be fair. Yeah. We have eleven more books to go through. All of that's true. Almost a thousand pages. So there's a lot of content we've yet yes. to reach. So like so I said, our if, opinions very well could change. If anyone's yeah, I, I meant to say it as well. Again, if anyone's listening who is a big fan of Wheel of Time, please don't begrudge us too much for our takes. And if you do, tell your friends to listen to this episode to make sure they get their opinions as well. Yeah, and just yeah. really, you know, make sure they listen yeah, to the whole you, episode once or twice. They really get it in their brains. And your Wheel of Time fan club really disagree with us, you should listen to us all the way through just to make sure you get all your opinions. Yeah, and then email us and yeah. tweet at us. Yeah, sure. Just engage. Just engage. Just, we'd like to know someone's out there. <laughs> Please. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. I I know they have a lot of criticism. We'll, we'll get to some of those later on. Um, again, even from like sort of fantasy authors. But I, some of the criticisms I think are somewhat valid, and some of them I don't. Some I've seen people just be like, oh, it's just pretty basic kind of trite sort of fantasy of this. Right. Like it's, it's too sort of substandard essentially right it's too um generic and like it, what would be the word i guess just generic formulaic right? yeah yeah it's 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 too it's too much just of the genre of like this is straight up high up fantasy, fantasy yeah. up and down high fantasy like farm boy fantasy type stuff which i see some of that but i just think that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad right yeah leaning on tropes and stuff can be bad if done poorly and, and overly much but I think this is unique enough. Like, I know a lot of people have said that they find it to be overly similar to Lord of the Rings. We've talked about that before. I don't. I disagree. I don't see that very no. much. There's definitely stuff here and there, but overall, I don't think the universe feels too too much like it. No. We. I mean, what we could do. I don't know if it's on your checklist. What's your books? So, out of the three books, which one do you like the most? I think. I think I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed the Dragon Reborn most, um, and a lot of that is the strength of. For, for me, the strength of that is the POVs in that one because I really enjoyed Matt and Perrin, and they get them two together get you know the overwhelming majority. Yeah, I I would think my favorite. They're all very close to me, but I think my favorite is the Eye of the World. No, I I that would definitely be my second. I think, but again, I didn't I didn't by any means hate the Great Hunt, but no. it's probably last for me. But yeah, Eye of the World obviously sets it all up and is really good. Yeah, it's I think it's a it's, I think well. it's just a very solid like book. Yeah, yeah, it's when they did. Who did it? Maybe time. I don't know. Someone. It's irrelevant. Did a like top one hundred of fantasy books thing. Eye of the World was sort of the one they took from Wheel of Time to put on there. And I think I probably agree. Like, as a, especially as a standalone, obviously it makes most sense to pick for the first book. So yeah, I, I like it very much too. There's a lot of good stuff in there. There's yeah. a lot of great world building, and I feel like it does so much heavy lifting that yeah, the the second two books feel a little light on it sometimes. Yeah, like you... there's so much shit that's put out from book Eye one. of the World. And then you just kind of be like, well, all the stuff you already know. Kind of just... building on it, yeah. Yeah. 
but the, the it really does craft like a really interesting sort of universe. Yeah. So what's on what's this in your checklist? <laughs> so just the characters and the setting. So we kind of touched on this, but my favorite characters we had like Matt and Perrin. Yeah, those are our favorite characters. Now those are the dudes. Obviously, we're dudes, so <laughs> we're, we're all about dudes here. <laughs> we're we're, we're dude centered podcast. We don't like those chick chapters. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I. I no, I will say, <laughs> my least favorite character is Neneve. Yeah. And that kind of ties into, I have it later, Don. But yeah, that is sort of one of the one of uh, the, the aforementioned big criticisms uh, that Robert Jordan gets for some of the but we won't, let's, let's not jump ahead. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go to the check. So, but Neneve is symptomatic of that. I think, now I may not like Neneve as a character, but I believe that the writing of all the characters is very strong because they're all very different. And they all play off each other very well and very uniquely between mm-hmm. them. Like, because obviously the main, there's about, like in the eye of the world, well, well there's like five people who all come from the ver- the the two rivers, the village. Mm-hmm. And it's Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene, and Neneve. And they're followed by Lan and Moraine, but they're not part of the village. Yeah. They, 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 they're the call to adventure if we're going off the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. I think that they're all very well written. They all have very clear, like, personalities and goals and way they handle things, even among themselves. Like, they don't, like, like, it's not, like, if two characters talk to each other, it's not like, well, these two are the ones that Robert Jordan loves the most, and everyone else is kind of, like, only connected through those two, in a sense. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. If anything, that's sort of another light sort of criticism of the Wheel of Time, is as it goes on. He has so many characters that he wants to dedicate time to. That you get lost. You feel kind of, yeah. Depending on who your favorite character is, you can kind of feel left out. Because, yeah, he's dedicating so much. Where where entire books go by where certain characters don't get any um, play. I don't know. We, we haven't experienced this yet, but I think in some of the books, like certain characters are entirely absent. Some of the books, at the very least, right, you're not getting POV chapters from their mm-hmm. point of view, but they might appear. But so, like, he... It, and I can see that being annoying because again, just with that many characters, they're obviously not all going to be your favorites. And if your favorite is the one who gets left out in the book, that would be annoying. It'll sour you for the book. Yeah. So I'm I'm not super looking forward to that. If we have to have a book without or parent two coming up with our parent or Matt. No, saying it so. <laughs> not the wolf boy, please. But yeah, I don't. What about parent? I I really really like Moraine. I've told you this a couple times. I thought as we've been reading. Oh, gosh. She get a clean one for that. Um, I really like Moraine. I said this a couple times. I think she is very interesting because she's not just a straight up and down sort of like just good character. Fully, fully white, I guess you could say. Character. Yeah, yeah. Not that she's actually. She's obviously good. She's on the side of good. Definitive. I'm not trying to say like, ooh, maybe she's secretly evil. No, she's cl- to me at least. She's clearly good, and she does in if again the sort of Robert Jordan thing. You're not Robert Jordan. Who does the hero's journey? Joseph Campbell. She is the mentor archetype, right? In yeah, a lot of she's ways, she's a real Obi Wan. She's something of a of a like a a sort of like departure from that. She is the Obi Wan, for example. Yeah, of she is the call to adventure, and she knows the, everything about the world, and she's teaching them and all. But she's also not very forthcoming no, with she, a lot of her stuff. She hides a lot of it, and that's a point of contention for a yeah, lot yeah. of the characters. Is that uh, mostly the boys? And yeah. I think we'll get into it. Is that Meringue doesn't tell them anything yeah. until they absolutely have to know. And, um, well, I guess we can kind of get into the world building a little bit. Is that. Yeah, that's the other thing I had. 
Oh, I think we can do it now because I want to. No, I had characters and settings. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, perfect then. Because in this world, obviously, there's magic and stuff, and uh-huh. the wizards or witches are called Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. and Moraine obviously is one of them. And one of the there's a lot of stories that have been going around about them. Like there's yeah. like folklore They're almost and stuff. Mythological, especially to these characters who were kind of from pretty far, far separated from society. Yeah, they don't even really know that they're part of a kingdom. Like yeah, the kingdom part don't really recognize the one, and. One of the things that is an adage that they're taught as children, like kind of like even the boogeyman, is that the I said I don't lie, but they don't they tell can't you. Lie. They can't lie, but they don't tell you all the truth. Yeah, they the, keep the, the truth from you. It, yeah, they tell and you I as much I truth. I can't as, lie, but the truth and I said I tells you is not necessarily the truth that you think it is. Yeah, and there's always a price that's less than you think, but more than you can give. Or yeah, some weird cryptic shit. But I just think that's really interesting, and it. I, again, adds to the character dynamics of how each character handles yeah, this, I, like I said, like withholding of information. I think it's it, it is very interesting because again, she is sort of the mentor. Like she has all the information, but she also is a mentor character who seems to have little interest in mentoring anyone. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's instead of being free, uh, very like forthcoming and, and free flowing with her information. Like this is how the world works. This is how you learn your shit. She's kind of like. Eh. I'll let you yeah. know when I want to let I you know. She's I very cagey about it. I think that's really interesting. Again, she's very good. And, like, we sort of know that she's been working on this for years. Like, she, she her whole, like, quote-unquote, like, career for the past 20 years has been building to this. She's, again, she's very much a good guy. She's, like, the best of them, mm-hmm. of the Aes Sedai. But she, even her, she is still, yeah, falls to those. Shifty, kind of. Yeah, to those sort of, whatever you call them, the stereotypes that these people carry about Aes Sedai. And that she is kind of cagey. <laughs> And weird. And, Manip- and sort of manipulative. She really is. Even of the heroes who she's on the same side with. She, and she has straight up, she'll straight up say to them, right? Of like, hey, man, I'm going to use you to get, like, I'll, I'll let you do as much as you can. Like, I'm not tr- trying to full on just control you. But if, but when you're, push if you're comes not going to the right shove, way. I'm going to put you on the right path. <laughs> yeah. Come hell or high water. And like, she even, I think a couple of times she'd been like, if, if you're going to be too much of a detriment. I will fucking kill you. Yeah, I'll get rid of you. I don't really need you. I don't I don't dislike you. You're you're cool and all, but we are talking about the fate of this world. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. Because that's a you know, another thing about the world building here, right? All the Asada you, you belong to a specific um Aja, which is like an order or like a specific sort of a subsect. Yeah, a subsect. And um there's hers is the blue Aja. There's six Aja, right? Or no, it sounds right. No, there's seven Aja because of the black. You make eight. Sure. Okay. And she belongs to the Blue Aja, and it's said that their thing is that they they get a mission, and they really stick to it. Yeah, that's now, what they're all about. Now, something to say now that we talk about this is that the Aes Sedai are only women. Because yeah, because in this, of the nature of the world. The yeah. nature of this world is, is that in the magic system, there's something called the One Power, or the True Source. It comes from the True Source, and it's called the One Power. I feel like yeah, they I don't know. use the, them a bit interchangeably. The true source is, is how you touch the one power or something? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, there are two sides, and there is a male side and a female side. Uh-huh. And and for a, for a long time, in like the ages, is the because it's a wheel or whatever, Yeah. there used to be male Aes Sedai and female Aes Sedai. Uh-huh. It used to be both. But then when this old king, this guy who called the dragon, who is like a high lord or like uh-huh. the king of the world pretty much, defeated the like the bad guy, the dark one. And sealed them away in a prison in like a cursed land. Doing that required so much power that and he it, got. He had to get so close to the dark one. Yeah, that it tainted that side of the power. And so, so now that all the men who can use magic uh, go crazy, and he went crazy and yeah. destroyed the world. Him and all the I said I, the male I said I from his time went mad, and yeah, they went crazy and destroyed the world with their power. 
so yeah, all the acid I remaining now are women. So that kind of plays into it. We'll, we'll get to it in just a second. But yeah. So, and the, yeah, the Ajas are cool. I like the acid eye. I like the way their power works. I guess if we're just talking world building again. It's like an elemental thing, sort of like in uh, almost like an avatar thing, right? Right. They can touch water, fire, earth, and air. And spirit. Oh, and spirit. So like a, fi- but also though that's that's also avatar. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. And like they can, it's a similar kind of thing where they can combine them and stuff. And so like you can do like water and spirit is how they heal and stuff. And, and, and I think like air and fire is lightning. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you combine them and stuff. And it's said that um, the traditionally the men were more powerful in fire and earth, and the women were more powerful in air and water. And you might think, and this this is a sort of cool part from that first book. Um, at first, that strikes you as like earth and fire; those are like the badass hard ones. And uh, what character even remarks this? She's like, "Oh, how come the men got the tough ones?" And then she's like, "Well, no, that's not how it goes." Yeah, they're like, all- what. They're all equal. Yeah. What fire is there that cannot be put out by water, right? What, what wind can erode the yeah, earth? Yeah, like what rock is there that cannot be eroded by wind and water? Now, and, and to say that, I remember when I was reading the book, when they mentioned that, I thought, oh, man, that sucks because now there's now only the wizards can only use water and air. But that's not true. No, they can. And affinity just means that they're strongest. Yeah. But like Moraine just whips out lightning and like earthquakes yeah, and like all it. this crazy shit that's She's still pretty cool. good. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's another thing of like I always say in, in a lot of this stuff. I think it's because Moraine is exceptional, even among Aes Sedai. Right. About, and she says as much in one of the books that she's one of the the greatest in in the White Tower. So again, she's like a mentor. She's like she's not just an Aes Sedai. She's like the best. So then I guess we should also talk about like the trailer. Then do you want to get into that now? Because then the rest of the stuff I had on here mostly was about. Well, okay, actually, I think let's we... get into the some the thing we keep referencing. So one of the big complaints that people have for the wheel of time is that the female characters in particular are not always written in the best way, in the best way. And is what they mean by that essentially amounts to is that especially early on in the first couple books here, the female characters are kind of just mean, yeah, just <laughs> um, mean to all the other, all the male especially characters. to the dudes, but also to each other is that the women are just mean um, and they're shitty and they're, kind of just bullyish, like they're just not very cool <laughs> yeah they're very just mean to each other really like that's really just the best word for it is that they're mean they bully the men into doing what they want a lot of the time against their own like what's like the dudes aren't even doing shit wrong and they still get bullied and it's, it's a weird kind of dynamic and i think the thing that people can sometimes miss sort of not to not to mansplain to anybody <laughs> again i guess if you are a woman and you've read the wheel of time and it really did bother you i mean more power to you. I can't tell you're wrong. Like it is, it is a bit egregious in the first couple books. It's yeah, it's very like it's it's almost in your face aggressively. But I think the thing that you kind of have to realize is that it's intentional. Because a lot of people say like, oh, I've seen a lot of people remark to like, wow, man, Robert Jordan must have really hated women, huh? He makes all the women such you know bitches in his books, essentially, right? I think the thing you have to realize is that it is very much intentional. It's not just Robert Jordan's like. Biases, yeah. personality. Biases seeping into like, I'm going to make all these women bitches. Like all the women in my life who never would go out with me. Yeah. Which is what it is. It's very intentional on his part for the world he's created, which is that in this world, because of the Aes Sedai in particular, I think the idea is that that's permeated every sort of layer of their society where the most powerful beings in the in this world, obviously, are the Aes Sedai who have the magic. And because the Aes Sedai are all, the only people who have the magic are all women now, that has kind of trickled down to every layer of their society of, it's, it, it is, it's what it essentially amounts to a 
matriarchal. matriarchal society. Now, it's not super in your face. It's still kind of set up in a way that, like, most of the dudes <laughs> seem to still, most of the men in the world seem to still think that it's a patriarchy, that they have it, but that's also kind of the idea, I think. Kind of, I sort of kind of played for a joke a little yeah, bit. Yeah, is that the women sort of let the men think it's a yeah, let them think they're they making all the choices, but in reality, they'll make the call. And throughout even just these first couple books, any of the smart men <laughs> realize that that's not the case, right? Yeah. There's like a couple of things made up, and there's like all kinds of stuff like this, right? So the Queen of Andor is a queen, and it's not just that the current monarch of Andor in the series happens to be a queen. They're always it's a queen. It's always been a queen and always will be a queen. That's the point, is that... The queen has a daughter. That daughter becomes queen. Not the son. The son never becomes queen. The son is second to the daughter. She He serves as the, whatever, the first prince or whatever. Yeah. And in even in their little village, again, which is like so far removed, they don't even realize they're a part of Andor. But in, in Emmons Field, there's uh, the town council, which is a bunch of stuffy old dudes. And then there's the women's circle. And what the women's circle decide ultimately happens. Yeah. And the one of the most important single people in the village is the wisdom, who's like the the healer, the healer. Yeah, it's a good word for it. Um, and who is Nanive? Who is Nanive? Who is yeah, my least favorite book. character? Because she is just kind of the worst. Because she's a bully in the village. She is like one of the single most important people. She could order, even though technically there's a mayor and there's the city council and all. She essentially could order just about anyone around, and no one would really give her too much guff about it. Yeah, and yeah, I think that went, kind of went to her head, and that's. The point is that in this society, because women are essentially in charge, they can be kind of shitty about it. Just like in our world where men are more or less in charge, they can be fucking shitty about yeah, it. People can be shitty. Oh, absolute power can corrupt you. Yeah. And so the idea is, and now we haven't seen this firsthand yet in our reading, but I've everyone I've uh, I've seen mention this says that it does get better because as the story goes on, the women develop in a way where they realize that's not cool. And they should treat the men more like equals. Yeah. And the dudes also develop in such a way that they realize they should be able to stand up for themselves more. Yeah. They shouldn't just let, you know, Moraine just tell them, eh, I don't have to tell you and I'm not gonna. Yeah. And get, I mean, I feel like the, the men kind of do that arc a little faster, I yeah. feel, because Rand gets really sick of it, Perrin and Mac get really sick of it, and mm. Perrin actually... I mean, in the third book, Rand argues with Moraine constantly about what's yeah. happening, and Perrin starts getting like, being like, "Hey, you got to start telling me things. Uh-huh. Like, I'm tired of being like made a fool. I'm not a fool. Yeah, I, well, I need to know." One of the like, yeah, Nanive is, like I said, my least favorite character because and I think of that. She is one of the ones that, from what I've seen, from what I've read here, goes through the most profound. I mean, version of that. L- I mean, literally, she kind of is the Hulk in a sense because <laughs> she cannot access well, no, the magic true. Yeah. unless she's angry because You're her right. anger is such a fundamental Again, part of her exactly that's that's what i mean it's like i don't know how you could read if you get if you got past more than like the first book yeah they straight up tell you not even in particular she literally just has anger issues clearly yeah, yeah they every every eye she die is like lot. you need to stop like you are unstable and you need to calm down because they tell her she is like one of the most or like literally the most powerful because all three of the those the sort of like I said I in training characters, right, in these first couple of books. Being have, Elaine, Egwene, and Nynaeve, they're all, like, absolute top tier. But uh, she is even the best of the three of them. Yeah. She's an absolute top tier, like, best I could be the best I said I in, in centuries. thousands of years. Maybe, yeah, centuries, millennia. Um, But, yeah, she's at the point where she can only really access it when she's angry. She cannot do it kind of consciously, intentionally. And one of the big things with the I Sedai 
is that they're known for their their sense of calm. Like they are very in control yeah. of their emotion, and and the warders as well that are with them. Mm-hmm. But like they are very in control and they're calm and they're just like they don't ha- they don't shout or yell. They just tell you what's up and they do what they need to do. Like they let yeah. they kind of speak with their actions mm-hmm. in a sense. So I do hope that changes. Yeah. So it's to me. I well, yeah, I think it just will. I don't yeah. see how it couldn't. Right. Yeah. Right. That's again. It's like to me, it's very obvious that that's going to be her arc going forward here is that she's going to get that under control and just become a nicer person overall, which is going to, yeah, trickle down to her interactions with the men and stuff. She's going to start to treat them as equal because the other factor there is that she's also older than them. So like she still sees them all as children to an extent mm-hmm. when they're really not And that even applies to the other women, right? Like to Egwene and her have that conflict, especially in book three. And so, yeah, I, I don't – I see it again better. And some of the other criticisms about, like, the way he feeds, he treats women in the books, um, I could see those being, you know, iffy going on. Like, apparently they they all start to dress more whatever, like, provocatively and, and stuff as the series goes on. And they sort of embrace that side of things, which that is probably – that probably is just mostly unnecessary. But whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine it's going to ruin the books for us. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's just something in particular I wanted because that, that is, like, the sort of – lukewarm like room temperature take that everyone levels against um the wheel of time Time. it's one of those ones where it's like it's so prevalent that people who've never read the wheel of time if you just wanted to you know throw a jab out there you'd be like oh aren't the women aren't the women written awfully in that and again like we said we are still pretty much at the beginning of all the the arcs for these characters so they've really they've really only just begun we are not speaking necessarily from personal experience and again this is all just stuff that's been relayed to me secondhand but like I said, what what we can tell is like, no, these characters are acting intentionally. This isn't just Robert Jordan makes all the female characters unlikable out of hand. Because there is also, even even within this, other female characters who are likable. Less so like that. Yeah. yeah. Like people who are not from their sort of society, whatever you'd call it. Like the Aeol, who are introduced as actual characters more, a group of them in book three, do not seem to carry that same sentiment towards sentiment. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I, yeah, just a way to address, get that out of the way. Because I, I, I think I told this to you, right? Off pod, we talked about it. I would say if there's any, like, sort of underlying big sort of thing that they would change for the show, it might be that. Because that is such, again, whether it's founded or not, because that is such a commonly leveled criticism of the wheel time, it would not surprise me if they went out of their way in this show to, to lessen them, that. Yeah, to lessen that early on. Which I think I'd be fine with, honestly. As long as, again, it's not to the massive detriment of their arcs, like, yeah. that you kind of take that arc from them, I think they could probably lighten it just a little. Because, <laughs> like, it's almost ridiculous how much of a, just a straight-up bully, that's, again, I keep going back to this, she's not my favorite character, like, she's yeah. my favorite character, because she's just bullies Matt and Perrin Rand. The boys can almost can do, do nothing. No, do no right. Do no right in their, her mind, yeah. Yeah, they're, like, always up to something, and they're like... But, even, again, that even still does extend to Egwene in a lot of cases, too, Yeah. Though. They're just mean. She's always calling Rand. Like, Rand is her favorite. They're, like, in love. They, they, they're all lovey-dovey, want to marry each other and shit. And she's still pretty mean to him. She's all yeah. calling him literally just names. Yeah, just like, you idiot. He, what does you, he call him? Wool-head? A wool-headed idiot. Like, <laughs> like, you stubborn mule. And, again, the dudes just take it. It's it's The well, only one who even begins to sort of hit it back is, like, Matt because he's the witty, jokey one. And then, like, I guess Perrin in this book with, with his, old, his whole thing. But... Yeah, I, I I I could see them lessening that in the show going forward. 
So I anything else before we get to the trailer? I guess yeah, more general. The last kind of general sort of things I want to say about the universe is like because of the whole this whole concept of the wheel of time, right? The idea, this sentiment. Now we we've talked about it. We've gone back and forth on whether or not the wheel of time is meant to be taken literally, literally or what. But in a lot of ways, it seems like it is. This idea that everything that's happened. The future is the past because it's all just a cyclical wheel, right? Yeah, it's all just an unbroken circle. An Ouroboros, a snake eating its own tail. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. The snake eating its own tail. The, the what's the other one? The other symbol for oh, the wheel. They say the wheel of time and the snake eating its own tail are both different symbols for the same idea. With yeah, within their universe, and so it's it's not super clear if you're literally meant to take it's like the the events in the future or events in the past and in the distant past is really just a distant future and vice versa yeah. or what. But I think if you do take it literally, which I think is potentially, I mean, maybe this will become clear to us as we read more, but I think that is as of, as of where we are, at least of a, a valid interpretation of it is that it is somewhat literal. Right. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you, if that logic is true, then you would have to know that the, some of the events of the series are somewhat of a foreground conclusion, right? In that the good guys have to win, right? Yeah. Which now that's kind of the type of thing of like, well, I'm all fantasy. I was gonna say thing. almost anything, almost all fiction. You can assume the good guys win in the end, right? It's it's obviously few and far between that the bad guys lose. The bad guys win, you or mean. the bad guys win, yeah, and the good guys just lose. Um, and so I just thought like that's interesting because you again you can be pretty certain. Beyond just that, it's just fiction where this happens because of the nature of the Wheel of Time and how much they like lay into that and that like the wheel, you know, it, it, everything happens for a reason. Even more, you know, it's like predestination almost yeah. in their universe and the, everything happens for a reason. And The and pattern the, weaves. Yeah, the pattern sort of is has almost like a, I don't know, an intent mm. where it can decide what happens and stuff. Um, it's kind of like the, I was saying to you, right? It's sort of like the the textbook example of it's a it's you know it's not the it's the journey not the destination. Right? Yeah, we can assume they're going to win, and you can be pretty certain of that from the first book when the wheel of time is kind of described to you. But it's obviously the specifics of what happens to all the characters along the way is what's going to be interesting. And I just find that to be a fun concept. I don't know. Yeah, because again, even though you can assume in most fantasy and fiction and stuff, hey, the good guys are going to win. This one, he pretty much straight out said, this all happened before, this will all happen again. And they'll always win. And they always win, and sometimes they little, like, they always, you know, the world is always broken, but it probably gets, you know, it kind of gets fixed, and people recover, and, and there's kind of ebbs and flows to this stuff, but evil never wins, because if evil had won, they would have won by now, because it's a circle. Yeah, <laughs> it's infinite. Which, so, I'll be honest, I don't love. Yeah. I I would rather it just be like, Again, that's that's kind of why I think it is open to is it literal or more metaphorical? Or yeah, whatever, where it's like the same beats, general beats happen, but it's always kind of different every time. Because mm-hmm. I always I always feel like the big event that kicks off in the prologue is that the world is broken by when, like we said, when the guys go crazy, all the male wizards go crazy, that I said die, and I don't know. It always felt to me as though that wasn't supposed to happen. Like that was like a freak kind of accident. Yeah, that like. There wasn't a, like the dark one kind of because I don't know like the dark one kind of feels like as the mistake in the first book if he gets strong enough he can control fate yeah he like, can he also can influence touch the, the pattern the weaving the pattern so I don't know it just it, just to me it feels like well maybe this was a time where he touched a little more than he should have yeah. and it pushed it in a direction 
and it, the wheel will correct itself because it's the wheel, and as long as they win, it'll fix itself. But it just seems weird that because the braking is so harsh and so like yeah. just to have such a, a hard, a, literally a, an apocalypse, pretty much because like humans yeah. almost go and extinct. Some people, some people describe because of that the wheel of time as a post apocalyptic thing, which I don't. We, we've talked this before again off pod is like I don't really agree with that it's been thousands of years since the break and it's just that's not the vibe of the series truly like people have argued oh it's not really medieval fantasy because it's actually post-apocalyptic and it's like that's not to me that's just not an actual good descriptor right if you if you sold someone on this series by telling them it was post-apocalyptic and they picked it up they'd be like what the fuck they'd be like wizards kings and castles and yeah swords and and like warders and i said yeah so i don't think that's really fair but some people do, I think mostly just cheekily, to be fair. Be like, haha, it's actually post-apocalyptic, don't yeah. you know? A little, little tip of the hat smart guy kind yeah. of shit. But it's even said, like, one of the villains in the, in the one of the Forsaken, who was one of the Aes Sedai who switched sides, essentially, their logic in doing so was, well, if the pattern just goes on forever and the wheel just turns age after age after age, we have to win every time. The Dark One only has to win once. And so better just switch to his side because if he gets infinite tries he's going to get there eventually um but again that logic kind of falls apart if you really think it's a infinite cycle because that means he's had infinite tries already and he hasn't and he won. hasn't won so, so he'll never win kind of deal yeah. but again it depends how just how it. literally you take it but yeah which i mean i think that's probably a strength that either is sort of valid if you really want it to be yeah and then the kind of and this just sort of ties into that, but like because of there's this concept of fate is a very real and tangible thing in their world. I mean, literally, the guys are bend fate to their will. They're yeah. Tavarin, Tarviran, Tarviran. Who, who literally, yeah, their whole thing is that fate weaves around them. Yeah, like they're like and that the, the lives they touch are are inexorably. They're kind of like black holes of fate. Yeah, like, exactly. Even light bends around them just to their will. For no reason at all, no, no no fault or, like, decision of their own. Just the people they approach just come near, yeah, stir around them. And in the first couple books, that presents itself as almost oh. just, like, bizarre coincidence where – I don't know about you, but in the first book in particular, I was like, there, it's almost like he's leaning too much on this. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, everything just kind of happens, uh, you know, almost in, like, a, a, deus ex machina, a deus ex machina kind of sense of, like, wow, that was convenient. But then, as it goes on, and they they outline the, he outlines his concept of Tarviran, you're like, oh, that is intentional, right? The fact that like they all meet, they'll meet the same character, right? Or like, and even just like that farm girl from book one, right? Matt and Bran stand that farm, and then she ends up in the the White Tower, I... and she's meeting these other characters, and there's like, there's all these examples of this throughout, even just these first three books of. Someone, one of these characters meets someone, and then somehow they find themselves back in the story again at a later point. And by the third book, I was all on board with that because I was like, yeah. okay, he's had. If the problem with the Deus Ex Machina, right, as a concept, the reason people don't like them is that usually it feels like you've written a story that's been logically cohesive so far, and then you get to a point where you've written yourself into a corner that you have no good way out of, and something just magically that, appears yeah. the defies machine of god defies the, the logic of your story just happens to me this is not that because it's it's kind of like he's been on that that's been the idea from the get-go right yeah he hasn't written himself into a corner this is what he's written himself yeah. into. he goes this is no, this is what i want and i think even more than that in this book and this book the third book yeah Rand goes off on his own he has almost no chapters mm-hmm. and uh, one group of the characters spends the book 
trying to catch him before he gets to where he's going. They're, they know where he's going, and they're trying to catch him and, you know, stop someone, stop the bad guys from getting to him and, like, fuck with him. And every time he goes through a town, he, well, Rand is essentially the chosen one. He is the reincarnation of the, yeah. of the king wizard who went crazy and destroyed the world, and he, like, will unite the world to fight the Dark One. He's the dragon reborn. That's mm-hmm. why the book is called that. And... One of the things, every time they pass through a town, they go, yeah, this guy came through and a lot of weird stuff was happening. But some of them are good, but there's a town they pass through where, like, half the town burns down just because. And they go, hey, I thought he... Just, like, define, like, this, like, a fire just starts, which in, in and of itself is not... But the wind's blowing yeah, just the right like way. The wind's blowing just just the right way that the embers blow and catch each house subsequently. And, and, and stoke them. They say that each house that burned down, the the walls collapsed outwards instead of in. Like, not one of the houses did the walls collapse in. They collapsed out, out so spread. that they hit the other houses and spread. And, like, it's just this bizarre fist of, twist of fate because, again, and it's nothing that Rand did intentionally necessarily. It's, it's just, just that his presence warps well, the fate. Coincidence. So, so it, it almost is in a sense that if an event is to occur, like, if that house was always going to set on fire... Him being there is like a lightning rod. You know what it is? Like he magnifies the yeah. outcome. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. Way to put it, like a lightning rod. These attract. It's it's almost like comic book Scarlet Witch's powers. I was gonna. Say, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Essentially, I never thought of it until like just now. But yeah, the way that she alters probability that she makes things that are incredibly unlikely to happen happen. That's kind of what this is. They all are just always doing that. Yeah. Uh, unconsciously. And sometimes it's not always positive. Yeah. Because, yeah, one of the villages he passes, like, they inexplicably, like, discover a cache of coins and, and the water, they get, like, a new well or something. All the, all, the, all the water comes back, so their crops grow real good or some shit. Yeah. And then, yeah, one of them, they, it all just burns down for no reason at all. <laughs> or and they have a bunch of weddings, and then the white, and then these, like, these, like, zealots go crazy and try to kill each other. Mm-hmm. So I just think, because, again, like I said, in the first book, I'm like, man, he really leans on this coincidence, like, this whole... Everyone splits up, and then they all... Oh, look, at they all meet up back at this, this one spot. The spot Somehow they have they, to be at. And in the first book, I was kind of like, eh. And then by the end of the third book, I'm like, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm like, oh, sick. We're getting to the part soon where they all meet up again. Yeah, literally. I was like, all right. Because <laughs> I remember in the third book, I was like, all right. Matt isn't going to tier yet. When is, like, how is he not going to go to tier? Now, if I know these books by now... <laughs> yeah, if I... Matt has to end up with all the other characters, but he's not there yet. What's, what's he How's he going to do? And I think that almost makes it... In a sense, interesting in its own right, because I go, okay, because he really spreads them out as yeah, far as I, he can. Yeah, again, even though there is, like, coincidence, and especially Matt's books, chapters. He literally just realized, he's he, more yeah, Scarlet Witch than all of them. He's, his whole thing is that he has, like, some kind of luck, luck magic, magic, it seems, where everything just goes his way. So, yeah. Luck like, magic. It gets to, the, I'm actually, like, like I said, in the in the first book, I'm like, I don't know, is this a bit of a crutch that he used? But I, by the end, by the, not the end, but by this third book, I'm like... No, if anything, like, it actually takes, obviously, some writing. This is, like, a different sort of writing kind of skill and talent to weave yeah. this story in a way where it it's all these coincidences and happenstances that all work out to make a story, mm-hmm. which is fun. So that was the other... Uh, and also, they just got a lot of cool magic stuff that I like. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, my biggest flaw with The Wheel of Time is that there are no dragons. <laughs> there is a guy called the dragon. There is a relative lack of... Mythical, sort of creatures. mythical creatures all, all around. There's yeah. no, like, unicorns or, like, griffins or dragons. Like, nothing traditional, which isn't a bad thing, 
I just really like that stuff because we're big fantasy nerds. Yeah. And I just love all that. Like, if it just had a bunch That's of one of the cool big stuff. things where I'm like, I don't know how someone can say this is too similar to Lord of the Rings for them. Because there's very few... Because Lord of the Rings is full of creatures yeah. like that. There's, like, no creatures. There's one fantasy race in this series other than, like, the... Oh, yeah, the, the Ogier. Uh, the Trollocs, who are, like, just the bad guys. The orcs, pretty much. And they're just, like, human... Hi- like, just, yeah, grotesque human animal, animal hybrids. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, the Ogier... Um, but beyond that, there's not. I mean, I guess the fades, but those are like demon spawn essentially. Yeah, they're demons as well, and, who are just yeah. and the Mindril or Mindril are fades. Oh right, okay, that's yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I use the names real interchangeably. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's like levels. Um, so yeah, that is insane. But again, that's how. That's why I don't get like how someone could say it's too similar to Lord of the Rings. And again, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we we keep saying we're big fantasy like fans and all, but that's also not like our focus. I don't know. We're not constantly reading new fantasy series. It's no. not our thing by any means. We don't. We don't want to make out like we're experts or anything. We, we've, we've mostly just read the big ones, right? Yeah, the or, basics. Or read slash watch the, the Mount Rushmore. Engage with the the most mainstream sort of. So look at the Discworld. <laughs> and so again, we're not experts by any means, but I don't know. Again, maybe if you if you were that kind of person where that's your that is your thing is you're a big fan of reading and engaging with fantasy books and stuff. Then maybe the Wheel of Time would be kind of like, ah, it's a bit samey, it's a bit plain, it's a bit kind of straightforward for me. Yeah, bit by the numbers. But for us, we're not at a point where we're sick of that stuff yet. So no, it's all kind of just working like, for us. This is great. All right, so let's get in this trailer. So I will say straight up, I this did a thing that I like in trailers. Of, oh wait, shit, I'm just wrong. This is re- return of our world famous recurring segment, trailer trash, trash or trailer cash. Ooh yeah. Um, so ah. the Wheel of Time trailer. Now this came out like. Almost a month ago now, but yeah, I don't know. A couple weeks, it's not been that long. I, like, I think no, literally a week ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're doing fine. Because yeah, it was before, I think it was before our last episode it came out. Yeah, yeah. So, this did what I, as I've talked about before in our, on, the, on Trailer Trash or Trailer Cash. I don't like when a trailer gives too, too much, and this one did not. The only kind of stuff that we are sitting there like, I think we know what that is, is because we've read these books. If we had not, I wouldn't know what anything was. It would be very vague, just kind of like giving you a taste of the world, what the world looks like, what it feels like, what the characters look and feel like, what the magic kind of is, how how this, again, really it's just a lot of look, right? Of like, this is the visuals, this is the costumes, this is the, the world and everything. The feel of it. Kinda. And I think that's cool. And But also for that reason, I don't have <laughs> a ton to say. I thought I, we were going to have more to kind of speculate on in this trailer, but you and I watching it here were a little bit... There was a few things we were lost where it's like, I feel like because we've read the, I, at least I did. I thought because we'd read the first three books, we were going to watch the trailer and be like, ah, that's that scene from this book. That's this scene from this yeah. book. That's this scene. And I did not necessarily feel that way, which is kind of cool because if we've talked to, I don't know if I've said this on the show specifically. Oh, no, I think I have. With adaptations in general, right? I am kind of, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like most people in that I can't really be pleased. <laughs> but. I've said before that, like, I don't hate the idea of changing some stuff for an adaptation. Because if you're just going to do the same thing, well, it already exists, right? If they were just going to straight up adapt... One for one. One to one, the Wheel of Time to a TV show, it'd be like, well, I'm reading these books already. So I think it's cool that I'm going to... If they change it enough where it really does feel different and there's stuff that's going to be different enough that, you know, you're not always expecting it, you're not always knowing exactly what's going to happen, I think that's cool, right? Because then you get to experience it Twice, essentially. Yeah, all in all new way. So, I don't, I don't remember exactly where I was going. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like a. I'm not mad or anything that like it's different. I was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is cool because again, I was kind of expecting that after reading these books, 
we were going to know exactly what all this stuff was. Like, oh, yeah, all right. But that's not the case for me, at least. Yeah. I am just curious about how many books they're, they're going yeah, to so adapt. Yeah, so that was another one of my... Uh, In your checklist? One of my little checklist here. I have a feeling they're going to do the first two. Because purely the fact is that they they go to Tarvalon in the trailer. Tarvalon. I'm gonna say Tarvalon. I <laughs> it, it is spelled. You can say it Tarvalon. I I just don't care. That's not how they say it on the audiobooks, Jack. They can fucking blow me. Michael Kramer would disagree. Yeah. Kate Redding would disagree with you, Jack. Don't ask. Didn't ask. <laughs> didn't care. Anyway, sorry. My rage is never ending. But when they go to, uh, you know, that fuck. All right. I literally just lost my teletrain of thought and I was talking about because you threw me off. Sorry. You said it's, you think they're going to be doing Yes, they're going to be doing yeah two books because they do stuff that is in the Great Hunt. For example, they the girls go to Tarvalon to train to be Aes Sedai. Well, yeah. And they so do a scene that... Just Tarvalon does not appear... Yeah, in the first in, book at all. In whatever you'd say, physically. No one goes there. You don't see it, quote-unquote, quote unquote, see it in yeah. the first book. So, yeah, the fact that it's in that trailer, yeah, that's something at least. Because I, it just seems like, and there is a scene where a, uh, one of the girls is in like a pool with a bunch of different colored paint, and they all represent the different Aja. So it makes me think they're gonna do like induction stuff, like they're gonna do yeah. training there. Uh, so I'm or in- that like that could be this the the thing that they do where they have to like face their fears thing to become accepted. Yeah, I think that's what could that could be. That's not how it's described in the books exactly, but again. I'm, I don't want. I want to try to not be that guy. It's just different from them. Actually, in the books, it's a it's a it's a stone arch they walk through. It's not a pool. Yeah. And actually, they're all naked. <laughs> uh, which I mean, we because of the show, we will be those guys every single episode, probably. Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> we will on here, but I don't think it's going to be to the detriment of our enjoyment. No, no, I don't think so. So yeah, that was the thing. Is like, well, my thing. My thing is that you do that again. I'll kill you. <laughs> my thing is I don't. At first, that's what I was thinking. I was like, all right, they're probably gonna do two books. I think it's gonna be a thing of sort of conglomerate where they're gonna. And again, if you are the kind of person who's a stickler about this stuff and you're a big fanatic about these books and this is like your favorite thing and all, this might bother you. I don't know. I think they're gonna end up doing is kind of mushing books together, cutting certain stuff from certain books, moving it around. But I don't think it's gonna be a straight up. One to one. I just don't see how it could be, right? Adaptations very rarely are, and I don't think this will be an exception. I think it's going to go the way of like uh, Game of Thrones, for example, which adapted pretty well. I think. I mean, I've not, I'm not read a song of Ice Fire, so don't quote me on that. I guess, but I think general, the general consensus is that that show adapted at least up to a point. <laughs> um, yeah. Adapted the Song of Ice and Fire quite well, but also took some liberties here and there. Just moved stuff around. There's just minor differences, but the overall feeling is the same yeah i think that's probably what this is going to be more likely than anything i I don't think it's going to necessarily be like the first five episodes of this season or oh shit that'd be a good question do we know how many episodes it is no i have no idea basically i don't know if it's necessarily going to be one-to-one of like the first half of this of this season is going to be the first book and then the second half is going to be the second book right and you know that's going to continue for the rest of the season so there's going to be exactly seven seasons with exactly you know, 14 half seasons yeah. and each half season is one book. And so by the end, we've, we've done all 14 books in a row. Because the thing with that is, is it in the first three books, each book ends with Rand fighting that's the exactly Dark what One. I was gonna say. That, that's kind of colored my opinion on this is that, yeah, the climaxes of the first three books, fine. Not, not, I don't think they're terrible or anything. It's not a big deal to me, but I agree. 
they feel pretty samey. Yeah. And I do kind of think if you really wanted, you could make the move all stuff around where you could kind of boil that down to one or two confrontations. Yeah. And the kind of events leading up to it. I mean, you could for for the purposes could, of a show. Because what uh, I mean, we're gonna we were gonna start the plot, but for what we're going for is that I think if we could talking about this, I think the end of season one could very likely be a mat of just of of the Frankensteining of. The Eye of the World and the Great Hunt, where yeah. in which they go to the Eye of the World, but they also have the horn with them yeah. already, and they blow it, and then they do the the kind of mm-hmm. big fight at the end. Yeah. And then they're like, oh shit, Rand is the dragon, like mm-hmm. for real. And like that'll build up. I just think that'll probably work I agree. Cause and we- you totally, again, you just gotta like, it, it's just a show. Like there's just production realities that go in. Now, I will say, like, I think they're giving it their best go. I don't think this is like a, like the, the, the stereotypical like Amazon or not I'm sorry this is Amazon like the Netflix show of like they do three seasons and drop it yeah <laughs> the, the the freaking Netflix number crunchers there have determined that after three seasons there's too many diminishing returns so they just can it yeah <laughs> they get their three season they they've put a lot of money in it there's a, a couple things in particular and we won't get into specifics but that they've said in interviews and stuff that I've read where they're putting lots of time lots of money into this I think this is they're trying to make the next sort of Game of Thrones. Like I think they're giving this every chance it has. I mean, they've already uh, confirmed us. They've already started working on a second season. Mm-hmm. They've already renewed it. I think two and three even. Like I think it's all a the way third through one? three. I could be wrong, but don't Dear quote me. God. The point is, like, I do think they want this to succeed. Even still, though, there's just realities of like you cannot do a 14 season show for a like a high budget fantasy sort of narrative series on this scale. You don't do. 14 seasons of that right that's no, just it's not, not a sitcom yeah exactly that you can only do that with sitcoms you cannot do a high budget high production value with all these actors it cannot all these sets all like yeah, yeah. It cannot that's just too many so they're gonna have to i i just have to believe that to fit 14 books worth of content they're gonna have to make kind of cuts and stuff yeah and i meant to, i i guess i should have done it before we started doing it but i meant to kind of do it i i'm i'm curious how the pages as in like how much book there is of wheel of time relative to how much book there is of song of ice and fire no i know a song of ice and fire is not finished but i know the page it'll never counts, be finished probably <laughs> i know the page counts of those last two books are like out there in some capacity so like you could estimate it but obviously we know that that got eight seasons, seasons. or really like seven and a half full-length seasons <laughs> and that has what seven books it's yeah. gonna have seven I mean, books. if we go off our assumption that they're gonna Frankenstein two books, if they do two books a season, that's only seven seasons. Seven or eight seasons, they yeah. can easily do it. And again, if they did that, and I think Game of Thrones worked for the most part. I mean, there's some actors who really got kind of old, but like these actors are right. relatively young, yeah. and they're playing young. But also, you could just, I mean, you could just use computer again, generation. We're not. Why? Well, I don't even know if you need to do that as much. I mean, mm-hmm. the care. Even just in the first couple books, there's already like over a year of elapsed time. Mm-hmm. So they're meant to get older. It's not like that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, it's not like the all 14 books are like, it happened in three yeah. months. And for all we know, there's even more time jumps. There could be a big time jump for all yeah. we know coming up. In so, the middle. Um, I think that could work. Again, it's not the type of show where you have to worry necessarily about too many people getting too old. Um, So, yeah, I think they could, yeah, realistically do seven, eight seasons. And I think they are dedicated to do so. Like I said, I think Amazon wants it to be successful. Why wouldn't they? Um, and again, they're putting a lot of time and money into it. I think they want it to be, again, really like the next sort of Game of Thrones. So 
I do think they will give it as many as long as it's successful, of course. I mean, if nobody watches it, then it just can't be helped. At but, least we'll watch it. Yeah, we'll watch it at least first. <laughs> um, as long as it's successful, I think they will give it. Yeah, every advantage. And also, good thing about this show, the books are all done. Yeah, there's no waiting. <laughs> they Sadly, Robert Jordan has passed to, away. <laughs> yeah, uh, but our our mate Brando Sando, he did it. True, true legend, hero of mine. <laughs> um, he finished them. Um, the best and, Mormon we know. Ah, oh, he's great. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't, couldn't tell hope. you no Mormon. I don't know many Mormons. Mitt Romney. I don't really. I don't. He's better than Mitt Romney in my book. I think so. Mitt Romney never wrote a epic fantasy. Mm-mm. How many Stormlight Archive books has Mitt Romney written? <laughs> Zero. Mm-mm. Big fat goose egg, baby. That's done. Boo. So they got that going for them at least. Yeah. Is that they could have already obviously by the time they even start. I mean the. He finished those books seven years ago now. So they could have, from the ground up, planned this all out. And yeah. obviously, you know, it could be relatively fluid, but I bet they have a plan. They they probably already know, again, at least roundabout, you know, more or less, how many seasons they want to have. I mean, we're sitting here speculating. I'm, I would hope, I mean, I would hope at least, that the showrunners behind this show, they already know how many seasons it's going to be. And they know all this already of, all right, season one's going to cover... Most of, you know, Eye of the World, most of, you know, Great Hunt, Dragon Reborn, yada, yada. And and we're going to finish up. We're going to wrap it all up in season seven, which is going to be this stuff and this. Like, I would think they probably have it all set up already to mm-hmm. avoid, again, like a Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, getting too. I mean, so, maybe maybe I'm putting too much, like, drawing too many similarities there. Um, But I can't imagine anyone else would be too. I mean, that's just the, com- that's just the obvious comparison. Yeah. Because right? that, that's kind of. I mean, for the, I mean, I guess to an extent, any show ever wants to be the next Game of Thrones because it was the for biggest show many in years. Game of Thrones was yeah the a cultural touchstone, massively and by far the biggest one. And as lots of people have pointed out since since that ended, like it vanished. Yeah, it's um, its ending was so poorly received. You know, you and I don't really hate it. We're not super vocal about yeah. that. We, we, yeah, we, we, it was just fine for us. Um, yeah. We don't hate it, but a lot of people disliked it enough that yeah, it's kind of lost its its Luster. status. Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, it seemed to be on pace to be like a massively enduring cultural like, icon, like almost like akin to like The Sopranos or The Wire, or even like, more. Like I think just more, even more mainstream than those. Like I think it was going to be like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, like other fantasy stuff. I mean, dare I say it, a Star Wars type thing where like people talk about it forever, and it seemed to have lost some of that. So yeah. I think. Again, they want to recapture that initial success, probably, while also avoiding that the the fall, right? Yeah. They want the the highs and not the lows of Game of Thrones. So, yeah. I mean, I I just did like ten minutes just of really pumping up their tires. So, if this first season sucks ass and it gets canceled, we, this episode will be deleted. Yeah, uh, we're gonna cut all this stuff. Yeah, I, these opinions are, are are not in any way representative of. The Amazon Corporation. <laughs> Our lawyers advise us to separate ourselves. This is under fair use. I love Jeff Bezos. Go, come on, go Jeff. To the movie, get him. Yeah, come on, Jeff. Jeff get get him. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I guess if you can't tell, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be really good. Again, not even because I think fucking Amazon and uh, Daddy Bezos there have a lot of love in their hearts for the Wheel of Time. <laughs> no. But, Again, you can kind of boil most stuff down to just the capitalism of it. Of if it makes it's in their best interest to make it good, yeah. so that people watch it. And if it's not good, nobody will. Amazon pay for is it. all about it, making money, and they're quite good at it. So they're probably quite. good. I mean, a lot of their Amazon shows are good. 
I mean, that's and between good. this and Lord of the Rings, seem to be like they're putting all the oh yeah effort behind that Lord of the Rings. We're pretty excited about that show too, but we won't drag it on with that as well. Um, so anything else about Wheel of Time? Um, again, other than the trailer, the they do some of the magic. Looks cool. Looks good. Yeah. I mean, it looks how I expect though. Again, they're not like it is a visual kind of magic, but again, because it's grounded in sort of like the elements and stuff, it's sort of it's very understandable stuff, yeah. right? Like, again, like lightning and fire and stuff. So like. It's not super it's not like necromancy. Yeah, it's not. They're not doing fucking Doctor Strange shit where they're warping time and in space, space and matter. So, um, but yeah, I thought the lightning looked cool and all. The other, some of the other stuff they do, like some of the sort of more roundabout ways of like, well, yeah, you can use air to hold people, hold people, and arrows and and shit. That that's again that that particular green Aja, uh, I said I there. That's that she is among a bunch of other characters where. Again, watching the truth, and then it could just be a we don't know who these characters are supposed to be, but once we learn a bit, okay, yeah. But some of these, I'm like, who are they? Yeah, like, I can't even tell I who. Th- I couldn't even guess who they would be. So that'd be cool. We we were theorizing that maybe, I mean, theorizing maybe a strong word for it, but we were wondering if some of these characters are characters, or some of these characters and situations and even like plot points are taken from the prequel, which is the new, new spring. spring. Is the New Spring or a New Spring? I think it's a New Spring, not the um, which is the prequel that he wrote. Like it's one of the last ones he wrote, actually, Robert Jordan yeah. specifically. Which we were saying, if they are, if they have any plans to incorporate that, I think it would just make sense for them to do it in the beginning. Yeah, it would. Really. It'd be weird if they just threw it in the middle to be like a weird backstory episode. I just don't think it works well in a in a movie or or like a film or any kind of or, or TV. Obviously, that kind of adaptation of it, I don't think you can do that. I think if you're going to use the prequel stuff, you have to put it first. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's the case in that some of the stuff that we have no concept of that we don't recognize is because maybe that's what they're doing with it, which that would be interesting. I mean, it'd be kind of disappointing mm-hmm. that we didn't, <laughs> we went through all this effort and we didn't actually read it. Yeah. Especially because we are talking about, they say that you're not supposed to read, they say as in Wheel of Time fans, recommend that that's not that you don't read a new spring until basically until the point it was published which is like i think after book 10 after book 9 or 10 or something i think so, it's like 10 which is the yeah. crossroads of twilight i believe so they say you're not even supposed to read it till then even though it is a prequel and you might your first inclination might be to read it first they that's when that's when it's it's recommended you read it um so it would be somewhat of a of a disappointing decision for us if they just threw it in there now but what do you think about that is that uh the way they do box sets because they have uh, box sets of all the books yeah. that I cause, well, because because there's yeah. their box sets of three right yeah so they put the new spring just with thirteen and fourteen the last two yeah so by that logic I was like well so I just read this last but I don't know even I don't know why I'd even bother I mean I would read it because I'm like well yeah. I gotta finish the I have box seen set. some people say that that you just read it last because it's kind of like a you finished and you oh it's all over and then oh wait I have a, just a, one more little journey in, little the, in the world which is fun. I mean, there is examples of that, like... Went through the keyhole? I was just going to say, the went through the keyhole in, in the, uh, dark tower. the Dark Tower. He published that after the whole series was already published. Like, it's even more of an egregious example. And that's not even a prequel. That's like a mid-cool. That, like, yeah. slots in between two of the books. It's like 4.5. It's yeah. between 4 and 5. We'll talk about the Dark Tower one day on this show. Someday. If I ever finish. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, again, because there <laughs> there was a surprising lack of specifics in trailer i don't know if we, i guess do you want to say because we talk so much about the characters what do you think about the actors i mean we don't see them act much just it's i mean we're literally just judging books by their covers but i didn't find any that i found bad I no know, i they think all, they all they all for me they all yeah, they all like moraine is very much how you would imagine her mm-hmm. 
Egwene and yeah, the I think Nynaeve. Moraine is real good. Yeah, Rance, a lot of people say Perrin. For me, Perrin seems doesn't too tall. That's a thing because Rand is, should be taller than him. But again, because Rand in the book is supposed to be like six five. Yeah, like that is a thing. A lot of the because well, even yeah, I think Matt and Perrin are also both above average in height. Yeah, because Perrin is, is is about six two. But Rand is just a giant. Which Robert Jordan said before that like a lot of the characters in the Wheel of Time are overly tall, and that's just because he wants to create. You know, it's fantasy. Like they should be larger than life. life, which is fine and it's fun or whatever. But. I've always been one of, of like you cannot really get too. It's kind of like the Han Solo thing we talked about earlier. Like you cannot focus too heavily on yeah. the physical aspects of it and and get someone again. You can't get just uh you know a Rand lookalike that looks exactly like yeah, red hair, gray he eyes, six four. At the at the expense of him not being yeah. a, the better actor. For I it. mean, even though the heights are different, like. The guy that got to play Rand is thin, kind of skinny and scrawny, mm-hmm. and the guy that got to play Perrin is kind of muscular, Big like stocky, yeah. how the he's described. Thing, a lot of I've seen some people say that, like to them, that's exactly how Perrin looks in their mind's eye. The only big thing for me with Perrin, and actually this applies to Matt too, is that again, assuming this is all book one or mostly book one or whatever, they both have beards, and neither of them should have beards. Yeah, they're pretty young. Um, that's fine. We're gonna not do- even just that they have young and like they can't grow one, but I think I think that's part of it. Like they can't grow f- pop like full beards, but. Yeah. Perrin in particular, for sure, even in like the the third book, is still like intentionally, very intentionally shaving his beard every day. So I don't, and I think he does grow one later on in the, in the series. So like again, I don't want to get too hung up on the very yeah. specific physical. But that seems like a weird choice to me when you could just have him not um, to shave his face, or or be like a Swiss, uh, Josh Green Suicide Squad and just edit it all out so his oh, face God. is like a mask. Uh, I'm real excited for Perrin's wolf magic. Uh, Love that. There's wolves in the trailer. And he's, and he's, we, were, he's, we were excited about and he's that. real scared of them. Yeah, wolves. Yeah, Lab wolves. Little, because baby. parents got that thing I like, and I, and I I'll probably say it again and again, is that I always love in like a fantasy thing when a character gets an ability and like and um, like magic, and they would like nothing more than to never do yeah, that a again. A bit of a reluctant hero yeah. is always good. Because parents like God, I don't want to talk to. They're wolves. all kind of reluctant heroes. All three of them. <laughs> yeah, they're like parents like oh, with, I don't... with their own specific sort of niche thing. Yeah, Rand really doesn't want to be the dragon. Parent really doesn't want to. Be Wolf King, be, uh, Beast Master. Doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to. He just wants to gamble, off. gamble, and I don't know if talk to ladies. I don't yeah. even know. But yeah, we're excited. I don't know. Did you want to talk about it at all? How we're gonna? Are we gonna do? Do you think we're gonna do any real time episodes going forward? Uh, I should. I. Think I mean, okay. I should, I guess. Sorry. Book <laughs> I episodes. Ask you. Yeah, I meant book. Because we are definitely gonna talk about each episode as it comes out. I, yeah. I would imagine when it starts airing. I would think we should. In circulation for the I think, because we've done the first three, and we haven't done a lot of, like, here's what we think about the books, and here's what we think yeah. about the arcs. Which And now we'll pro- I should say, if we do that, it's probably going to be less than this, because this is, like, an overarching, like, what we think for the show and everything. Mm-hmm. If we do ones in the future, it'll just be, I think, right, a more, just a more loose, like, hey, we read the books, this is what we thought about like, these books. Like how we talk, like, again, like yeah. how we talk about anything on the show. Like, kind of loose, again, we're not reviewers, we're not, like... Yeah, we're not going to be like this is pedestrian. But like this, this whole little section here we just did on this show, right? We did all of the, the what we thought of the book so far, and then also like all the, the stuff about the show, the meta kind of stuff, yeah, as well we, as inside the series. I think if we do this again, we'll probably just focus on the books because the show will already be out or coming out or whatever. I mean, I think we could really just do them three at a time. Yeah. All right. So because they come in box sets of three, and then some I'll just point finish in the future, a box set. We'll, we'll be, be doing about... 
Shadow Horizon, The Fires of Heaven, and Lord of Chaos. Even though it should be the Lord of Chaos, and it brings me yeah. such anger that it isn't. And I don't know. There's oh, how dare you? You said you wanted to up. finish it by this semester of college here, right? Which means that the show will start before probably we finish all three books, which is fine. Yeah, but yeah. So, but I think I mean that's fun. also. I mean that's relatively. I mean it's November, right? Do we know the exact date? Nineteenth. Cool. That's what I thought it was. So, so yeah, I think we have uh, a week after the Eternals. So we'll have the Eternals episode. Like we keep saying we're gonna be chock full. Yeah, and then I think uh, immediately after Wheel of Time starts, we have Hawkeye. I was gonna say there's got to be some Marvel show airing yeah. at that point. Also, I, I you know what? I think we're kind of doing. We're kind of. I want to. I could take an old yeah, little we'll, thing. Okay. So I don't even know what time I could take into Miss Marvel. Speaking of times, I have been seeing stuff. I looked it up that some people like on Google and stuff. It, the date of release has changed from 2021 to 2022. And there hasn't been a lot of information about Miss Marvel, so I do believe that it might be pushed back. Like it won't come out between What If and Hawkeye. That's interesting because just recently we talked about how every week it's going to be a Marvel thing. Well, that, but they Marvel specifically came out and like reaffirmed, like, no, don't you don't got to worry. I know we've been kind of quiet about it, but no worries. Hawkeye and Miss Marvel both definitely coming out 2021. Don't even worry about it. They, that's like a literal thing that they came out and said. So, I mean, I will mind. Like we said, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, also around that time, we're going to be doing Dune, maybe. Book of Boba Fett. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, like, oh, there's all no. kind of Disney. Dune, perhaps. Marvel, Star Wars bullshit content. So, yeah. like, there'll be plenty. I don't Visions. I don't think I'll be hurting for not seeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's shit. That's still going to be airing by the time some of these kick off. Yeah. I mean, we're still in what if. Like, there's going to be plenty. So, um. I think need to move Miss Marvel so, back. I so don't worry, you four people listening, you'll be plenty of listening. These episodes are just gonna get longer and longer. Perhaps. Depends you said in episode one they're gonna be like an hour. Mm-mm. No, you wish. There is only one. Ep- I've gone through it. There is <laughs> one episode that is even close to an hour, and then it's the first episode, which is fifty-six minutes. Every other episode is almost an hour and a half. Actually, you know, if you know, it's progressively getting longer until someday we never stop. We just continue, and I edit, and because I like each episode is is more than a week long, <laughs> and it just loops around. And by that time, we gotta start again. Yeah, by the time I finish editing one, we start record. Wait, I hit record on another. See, on Google here, and Google TV, it still says the first episode will be twenty twenty one. So we'll have to see. What is does Wikipedia? Have? Let me let me check real quick. Yeah, live on air. Does Wikipedia have anything? It just says scheduled to premiere in twenty twenty one. No one's got any. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Again, though, I can't imagine it being a big deal. I don't even, again, we, we kind of, like, have tried just very casually, just kind of vaguely to plan it out. But even, it, it, we kind of determined at one point, right, that even if it does come out, it's going to just be barely starting in 2021. And it's going to finish, or at the very, like, most of it will still be coming out in 2022 anyway. Yeah. So it's like, again, if, you, if Hawkeye starts in November... Unless they're going to overlap, there's almost no room for it regardless. And that's, I, again, it's not a big deal. I think it'll be in uh, October. Oh, okay. Hawkeye will? No, Ms. Marvel. Oh. Because what if ends in the first week of October? I thought you just said you thought you moved it. You thought they moved it. I thought they moved it, but I think oh. I think if it does come out in 2021, it will be in October because there's no Marvel thing in October. Oh, okay. And then it will, and then it'll end around the time the Eternals kicks off. Has it ever? I guess I was assuming that we th- knew that Miss Marvel was after Hawkeye. I thought. Do we was, know one way or the other? I always knew it was before Hawkeye. Okay. From what I, from what I saw, but I. In which case, it's still gonna be. It's all gonna be jam packed, right? Like yeah. so. We'll be flush for Marvel Soy Boy. Absolutely. Content. So, uh, 
All right, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up this week. As always, you can email us at gmail.com at AcatechJazz. And you can find us on Twitter at the exact same handle, AcatechJAZ. Again, that's with one Z. And uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon slash Audible. Lord, the episodes get uploaded to YouTube. YouTube every week. Presumably. Whatever you're hearing this on. We'll do you just fine. Yeah. If you already hear this, it's kind of weird that we do it every week. But, you know, I hear podcasts doing it. So you got to copy to stay afloat in this business. This cutthroat business we live in. You got to try to beat Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's a cutthroat world of podcasting. Yeah. It's dog, it's dog eat dog. Yeah. It's us eat Joe Rogan world out here. That's right. We're coming for him. I mean, he's five. Any eight. day now. He's five. Eight. I could beat the shit out of him. In any day now, we're going to sip. Dude, don't you say that. He what? kicks real hard, man. Yeah, what if I get behind him like a kangaroo? He can't kick backwards. Any day now, we're gonna we're we're on the very brink, aren't we, of surpassing Joe Rogan in listenership? So yeah, we're, we're almost at 100 downloads after 13. If episodes. we continue at this rate, in about 12 years, we'll be half times probably a thousand. <laughs> I really undersold that actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as always, our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. As always, you can find him at inkocean.jpg. And out is Redbubble with the same account. Buy his art or don't. Uh, and as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We put all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night, people. Good night and Godspeed.